Recording is in progress. We are back. There we go for another fantastic episode of Friday Night Counter-Attack. We are here. Zim's brought the sunglasses. Danny's started vlogging now, which is fantastic. And MJ's talking more about women's football, which is fantastic to see. So we've leveled up from the last time um, they've all been on the podcast. I think this is the first time the three of you have been on the podcast. So without me, uh, I missed out the pleasantries there. Everyone, welcome to Friday Night Counter-Attack as usual. Danny, our friend from Next Up Coaching. How are you today, Danny? You all right? It's all good. I'm ready to judge everyone on their top tens. Like I said, I'll be going through it with you guys. And I'm, I've am i got two lists today, which I'm going to hopefully allow you to enjoy. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to judging everyone. Hopefully, we've got a lot of West Ham players in there. I'm looking oh. forward to that. And, uh, Teddy Sheringham's in there somewhere. That's all I'm saying. He's, oh, he's, not, on my, he's not made my list. Ooh, controversial. Controversial. Connotations. What not player he is as well. I've got my stress band right here as well, so I'm ready for some stress with Zim. You know how it is, Zim. We've got all these people that we have to select, but to get for once, we're not <laughs> against each other as well. So it's True. nice we have to try and find a joint top ten list at the end of this podcast. How are you doing today? Are you okay? I'm all blessed, man. Yeah, I'm just not trying to give away any emotions. So I've got the shades on, you know. <laughs> That's how it works, man. They say I've got a poker face anyway, so I don't really need it, but just to add some more effects so i'm all blessed bro all we blessed. need we need we need that poker face in this game because there's going to be so many biased opinions in this one as well so many dramatic opinions especially with me wearing my manchester united shirt you know things are serious <laughs> when i'm wearing my man united shirt as well uh, serious, I, have, serious. I have to represent eric Cantona in some way um but no uh, finishing off our guest list today we have the one and only mj from ball and banter mj you've done topics like this in the past but has it ever been as intense having a west ham fan and two Man United fans to face off in the top ten. Well, to be fair, on our podcast, I'm, I'm normally there with two United fans anyway, so that's not too bad. <laughs> the difference is having a West Ham fan, which is my local team, to be fair. Oh, man. So, East, East London. Yeah, that's it. East London. That's me. So, yeah, man. Like I live, I used to live around the corner from Otton Park when they used to play at bowling ground. So, yeah. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. So, you know what? See, you know, I got so much, so much things. You know, I need to talk about myself more often. That's what it is. We need that. This is a content we need to hear as well. I bet you're a big fan of Paolo Di Canio and Freddie Canute coming through as well. Right, that scissor kick, though. And <clears throat> also went to the same school as Jermaine Defoe as well. So, yeah, just to put that out there as well. Same year? Same. No, not same year. He's a couple uh, of years older than me, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't notice. <laughs> Did you play against him in football? Nah, man. I never got the chance to play against him in football. Nah. He but wasn't at one time, of those... He was at Charlton. He wasn't at West Ham then. He was at Charlton back then. Uh, okay. So that's how we kind of knew him because our PE teacher was a scout for Charlton. Mm. Oh, okay. So he wasn't uh, one of those year 11s that kicked your year seven ball away, was he? No, no. The thing is, he was about three years older, so I wouldn't even go up to them years. I was, I was yeah. Ah, uh, okay. No, yeah. that's good. That's another good claim to fame right there as well, which is quite good. Again, mm. nice to hear about that and nice to have everyone on the podcast today. We are going to be talking about our top 10 uh, Premier League strikers list of all time. So it is regarding who's actually playing now. So if you want to throw Haaland in, go for it. But I'd rather not. I'd rather go for players. If anyone's got Haaland in the list, if anyone's got Haaland, I'm leaving. I will exit. <laughs> yeah, I will exit. I will, uh, exit I, the I, chat. I feel he will. Really will. There's, there's it... be, I might be leaving the Zoom call here and there, just out of some, some outrageous <laughs> opinions. I've spent time on my list, yeah? And I know there's some controversial ones on mine too. So... <laughs> I Look think we may as well just it. we may as well get. You can't give it. You have to. If you can't take it, you have to give it. Like you know what I mean. Both ways. Yeah, it's going to be a bit different this one as well because Danny suggested a different format. So shout out to Filthy Fellas for this format as well. Uh, we are going to go through a top ten list one by one. 
So we are going to talk about how it's going to go. And obviously, because I'm the host, I always go last because I'm a very very generous host in that way. But just a few ground rules in terms of what we're talking about. We are talking purely more more or less around number nines. If they are a winger or an attacker, we are going to do a separate one for that as well. And we're going to do a separate one for midfielders and defenders and whatever. But if you are going to class someone like Ronaldo or Mane or Salah as an attacker or as a striker, you can do. The choice is yours. But... Um, I'd like to do a part two and a part three of this when you have wingers and midfielders in. So if it means you pick them in your own list now, you can't pick them in your list later on as well. So okay, something that cool. um, yeah, good. anyone has Salah in their list, I'm done. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm <laughs> Salah gone. number nine. You got a lot of rules, Danny. Like you got a lot of rules. <laughs> I take these things seriously, man. I take these things seriously. You tell me if you ask my ball opinion, yeah. Mm. Like, you've got to you've got to sit back and listen. Do you know what I mean? You've got you've got to understand like. Some some of these new ball like I'm a younger generation, but I, I listen to some people now and they and they talk and they just talk absolute rubbish. I'm calling you out straight away, Gabriel Abonglahor. You are nonsense. You need to just be. You are the most monotone person right now. Just be quiet. Your opinion does not matter. I don't care who you played for, how much money you made. Your opinion does not matter about football. Anyway, let's move on, Ham. Shall we? Uh, any slander for Gabby I'm here for it as well and especially because Salah's not here as well so we can say as much as we want the only <laughs> Aston Villa media presence we see in, in British media at the moment and you said you'd last... rather, rather have Arnautovic over Sancho something yeah. like that mm, nutter <laughs> absolute clown right there it's crazy to see and the other rule which I forgot I think the other rule was um, no we've done everyone says their list on their own um, we've said yeah, they, they have to be like a number nine striker type thing as well. And the last rule that we have to go by is their Premier League form only. So if you're going to be smart and say mm-hmm. something like Samuel Leto, Radamel Falcao, forget about it. That's my kind of no-no. They were great strikers, but if they didn't do it in the Premier League, I don't want to hear about it at all. I agree. Oh. I agree. Go on, Danny. I think I've, got a little, uh, I've got a draw. I've got a list order. <laughs> so we could work like backwards and forwards. Like, so I'll, I'll go first with my with my number ten, yeah. yeah. And then we'll go. Is it, is it MJ? Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. MJ can go next, then Zim, and then Hampton go last. Is that okay? Cool. So I'm gonna kick things right off. Yeah, I've got two lists. I've got the best Premier League strikers of all time, but then I've also because I'm thinking about how many howlers there have been in the Premier League. I've also got a top ten worst Premier League strikers of all time. Oh my god! Is Abu on there? Is Samasi Abu on there? Is Falcao at number you'll one? You'll have to see. You'll have to, you'll have to wait and see. There are some names oh, here. There are some that you'll recognise and you'll go, oh, like, yeah, he, he was a shocker. There were some, it might be controversial too, but we'll see. But I'll start off with, with the game and I'll go, my number 10 is slightly cheating in a, in a way because it's a duo and I couldn't separate them between 10 and 11. So I've got to give it to them as both as the, as the number 10. And it's Andy Cole and no. No, 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 no. I knew where we were going, but like, no, what are you doing? Nah. There's no, there's no ifs or buts about it. You'll see as I go down the list, you'll see the generation no. talent which is above them in this list. So why, why are they together? Explain that to me. Just the, the duo that they created when, when I've seen them play and when I've heard about them, just I couldn't separate them. So for me, I had them both together. I was like, look, put them in. And I'll, uh, I'll go with it from there. They're very different players, though. Very, mm. very different players. They're very different careers as well. The connection as well, I think, from speaking to Man United fans, and as you can disagree, was like, what you couldn't have one without the other in that in that time. And disagree. it was... 
when they worked together, they did they did bits, and it was always the connection rather than individual talents. Disagree completely. That's what I've got as my number ten. But anyway, moving on uh-huh. to the fun part of the uh, of the area, my number <laughs> ten worst Premier League striker, Jeremy Aliadi. There, Aliadi. Hey, oh, leave him wow. alone. Get him out of here. <laughs> leave room. him alone, bro. Newcastle. Number ten worst striker <laughs> in the Premier League history. Do I need to even say more, MJ? You, what do you mean? Nah, leave him alone, man. He ain't that bad. He was was in the the squad for the Invincibles as well. He was, he was, he was. was, I get what you're saying, where you're coming from. He wasn't that bad. He's had a distant career as well. Number 10. So yeah, Dwight Dwight York and Andy Cole and then Jeremy Ali Adi there. However you say his name, Ali. Ali Adi, yeah. Ali Adi, yeah. Yeah. All my French listeners out there. (laughs) Might drop number one. MJ, on, off to you. Off cool. To you. Number 10. Okay. Unlike you, Danny, I haven't got a worse number, uh, worse list, but I have got, yeah, a top 10 Premier League and all my choices are all retired uh, strikers. What? No, that was that was just my little caveat. I'm, I do apologise, guys. I haven't got no current players. So no Harry Kane? No, nah, no Harry Kane. Seriously? Oh. Seriously. Oh. Seriously. Sorry, and he is a legend, but I'd rather... Go back when he's finished his career, and then he can compare goals and put him in wherever you need to put him in. But I I've think got, it's a bit unfair to compare him with retired players. I've got one for you. If on. he then beats uh, Alan Shearer's record, would you then regard him as numero uno? Numero yeah, he'd have uno. to be then. Yeah, if he's got the record, then yeah, one hundred percent. He's still got a little way to go. I think it's number eight when I was having a look today. Yeah? I think it was number eight or number seven. So he's getting there. But yeah, that, that, that was just my personal caveat. So I do apologise if I'm talking about plays that you might not have heard of. Or you no, don't we love it. We, we're educating the youth with. here as well. Cool. I love it. Right, cool. So number 10, uh, this striker, he's kind of a striker. A lot of people say he was a number 10, but I'll put him down as a striker. He's definitely not a midfielder. He was a one-man club. Uh, some of the goals that he scored was absolutely outrageous. And growing up, even though I didn't support this team, this guy, I idolised this guy as a kid growing up. And... My number 10 is Matthew Letizia. So to the Ooh. listeners, if you don't really know too much about him, go and watch his YouTube reels. His goals that he scored is absolutely mad. I just love this guy. He couldn't run too much, but he doesn't need to when you've got technique and um, the movement and how he always finds space like, and his dribbling skills like he does. So, yeah, my number 10, that like, all day long for me personally, because I grew up watching this guy as a kid, is Matthew Letizia. I mean, he's just a joy to watch, basically. If you have any time spare in your day and you have nothing else to do i think everyone here would kind of agree if you wanted some joy in your life regarding football if you mm. wanted to find out about a player you didn't really know about mm. matt letissier if you're listening uh credit to you credit to you for being a, a southampton man through and through credit to you for how you play the game of football and again mm. a player that i think i've said before was ahead of his time in my opinion mm, he was such definitely. a graceful player to watch in the premier league in that era but he was someone that would fit in like a glove. I think Pep Guardiola would have done amazing things with him if he was the coach at the time as well. And he was a fantastic player to come. Where, where would Guardiola play him? He played as that false nine, just as MJ said. I, I mm. just him at 10. I would. All day. All is day. He... And the thing is, he likes to love Shamichael as well. Come on, Danny. Back me on that one. <laughs> I have to take a <laughs> break before taking a break. <laughs> I was going to spit that out on my laptop. I, I can't be saying that right now. That's right, because I know one name might get mentioned later, so I thought I'd get my jabs in now, innit? Look at Hams, though. He's put his drink again. So, yeah, yeah I thought they're bantering well. early, innit? Yeah, this is what I'm loving about this podcast as well. Um, at the end of each round, by the way, I'll just put all the names in the chat as well, so we remember who we've all picked as well. Yeah. I'm right, right, at the I'll end write of them the... down too, so you can have them later. 
Perfect. Excellent. I like and these then, organized guys. There we go, organized crime right here, which is the yeah, case. man. Speaking of organized crime, Zim, let's bring yeah, on your nah. number ten. Yeah, it's, it's sorry, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying because he has these like <laughs> mafia shades on. So if anyone's watching this back, it looks yeah. like he's got a cartel or, in in Napoli or, somewhere. Or just listening, yeah. If 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 you weren't watching, have no context, then yeah, yeah. Just just clarify, I'm not a criminal. Um, <laughs> it's good that you lot are organized because um, I'm just making up my top ten off my head. But same I've been easy. thinking about it as well. Okay, good. MJ so, looks um, at his list as soon as he said same here. Like, yeah, I'm looking at the list. I've got about 15 players here. And I'm thinking, oh, man. But, but I've had to be calculated as well. And I know, like, it's normally, like, when you go in with your first pick, you're like, okay, someone who you rated and you're not afraid of people knowing that you rated them. Like, but at the end of the day, this is our 10th pick, in it? Mm-hmm. So I had to think about it. And um, I'm a, I'm a pick... A Liverpool guy, a Liverpool guy. But every time that I watched Premier League years and even just back in the day, um, early noughties, you know, always banging in goals, lobs, all types of goals, both feet, it's, it's Robbie Fowler. Oh, Robbie thank Fowler. you. Thank you. He, thank you I have to admit, he's, he's a baller. Um, so, he yeah. He, he honorable, mentions, honorable mentions. He was one of my honorable mentions. So, fair play, fair play. Good pick. Mm. Definitely a good pick. MJ, talk to us about Robbie Fowler, because uh, we've had this conversation before about him being one of your footballing villains from the past as well, but how did Robbie Fowler kind of make you feel when you were watching him play for Liverpool at the time? Oh, man. Well, particularly against Arsenal, man. He hurt my soul. Uh, he scored a hat-trick <laughs> in three minutes against Arsenal at Anfield. And, yeah, he just ruined Arsenal that particular day. But he just, yeah, in front of goal, he's just ice cold. Slot, 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 left foot. It just doesn't matter. Even like what Zim said, even though he's predominantly left-footed, who doesn't mind swinging with his right foot, a few dinks, like all types of goals, volleys, half volleys. He's just a clinical finisher on the box. I, I I really like Robbie Fowler when he completed the set of going from Liverpool to Man City to Leeds and the fact that he's just like the ultimate Man United rival. So I'm like, just him and James Milner? I love it. It's fantastic <laughs> to see. Um, but no, Robbie Fowler is someone who I really wanted to see a lot more of in the English squad. We've discussed this previously mm. as well, MJ, the fact that mm. he was someone who was kind of not the golden era of English strikers, but a really good era of English strikers. You've got Sheringham, you've got Cole, you've got uh, Alan Shearer as well. Yeah, not too many more names in case someone's going to drop them. But yeah, all those guys there, yeah. I feel like you've got them on your list, MJ. Oh, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> maybe, maybe, which will be good. Um, I think we're down to me now, aren't we? Oh, God, yeah. this is going to be difficult. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to play it... I'm going to play it as straight as I possibly can. Number 10 for me is probably going to be Ruben Nistroy. I'm going to throw Ruben Nistroy and play it as safe bet at number 10. What? What's wrong, What's wrong, Danny? What? Ten. Yeah, what? Ruben Nistroy is at 10. Why? Do you agree or disagree? Disagree. It should be higher. Higher. Yeah, you haven't, you haven't thought this through. That's that's the risk about not preparing your list, man. No, no, no. This is why this is why it's at 10 for me. It's the fact that a lot of these players that I've seen who have done things differently have done it for a longer period of time in the Premier League. So when I'm looking at some of them, I'm not just going for retired players as well. I'm looking at the fact that he was kind of Man United's only goal source um, throughout well, 2001 to like 2006. Oh. But he was easily replaceable as well, as we saw later in the years at Manchester United. He wasn't someone that we had to rely on probably two, three years we had to rely on, I would say. But we had a really good team at the time, a really good manager. Um but a lot of the other uh, strikers that I've got on my list, they've gone through a lot more, I thought, than Ruud van Nistelrooy. And because when you're looking at top 10 strikers, he is probably one of the best goal poachers you'd ever see in the Premier League. But as a mm. goal poacher, he was fantastic. He could do anything, score anything from inside the 18-yard box. The strikers I've got in mind for my nine and above 
they could score from anywhere. They could score from free kicks. They could score from penalties. Ruben Nistroy famously missed a penalty against Arsenal, but he obviously redeemed himself this season afterwards. But Nistroy was a good penalty uh, scorer as well. But I think what I'm kind of doing, I'm trying to give myself sympathy because I've got a very biased list on my list. So I've got a very... There's some people that shouldn't be on this list, but they are. But Ruben Nistroy <laughs> is at number 10 for me. As a prominent goal scorer, uh, breaking records in the Champions League as well. Golden Boot um, title race that he had with Pierre and Rui in 2003 as well. Insane to see him. And if you ever played fantasy football back in the day, MJ probably did as well. Ruud van Nistelrooy, Pierre Henry, they were just guaranteed goal scorers all the time. So they were going to get you points, points and points and points, which is insane. But um, I don't want to put Robbie Fowler on there and I don't want to put Luis Suarez on there. Like I said, I've been being a very anti-Liverpool anti-Liverpool type of list. I'm going to throw Ruud van Nistelrooy on there as well. Danny's shaking his head, but I'm being a bit biased here by showing no... Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get onto that later. When, when, I, when I run through my description, I'll just I'll just say, insert the clip of Ham talking about how good Ruud van Nistelrooy is. <laughs> um, and you'll just do the explanation for me. Just post it, post it. That's, that's how it'll work. That's cool with me. Um, but yeah, end of number 10. So we've got um, Danny... Actually, no, we'll change the order now. MJ, who's your number nine? Ah, right, cool. Right, this guy, for me, absolute Premier League legend. He's also part of the Premier League 100 club as well. This guy, without this guy, I might not support Arsenal. So my number nine is Ian Wright. Yeah. And yeah, he was just absolute quality, man. For me, like as I said, like if without him, I probably don't support Arsenal. So like, for me, back in those days in Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal was just boring, boring Arsenal. And then... It was just Ian Wright that would get the goal for us. So, yeah, he was absolutely... He's my first idol in football was Ian Wright. So, yeah, Ian Wright, number nine for me. I mean, I used to live in the same flat as Ian Wright's grandson and we were neighbours. So, he was he was like my BFF at the time, Ian Wright. Nice. He wasn't, he wasn't. His grandson was. Um, but no, basically, there's the time when I could have met Ian Wright. Um, I think it was at like school or something like that. It was like one of those little tours that he was doing with his book and a new TV show he had. And I never got the chance to, I kind of regret it in a way. But um, with Ian Wright, what a goal scorer he was. He was someone who obviously started his career late as well, came from Crystal Palace, obviously helped them in that cup run uh, in the FA Cup as well. I think it was in the early mm-hmm. 90s, 92. That's right, 99. 1990s, sorry, my apologies. And then went on to Arsenal. And what, it took five, six years for him to become the all-time top goal scorer for Arsenal? That's correct, yep. Until a certain Mr Thierry beat that record. But yeah, he was Arsenal's record goal scorer. Um, yeah, Bengling goals every season for us. What was your favourite memory of Ian Wright? And don't say the goal where he broke the record. What was your favourite no. kind of memory? Was it against no. Michael again, MJ? <laughs> there's two There's two memories that come to that spring to mind. Yeah, Once, when he started busting a bogle when he scored, he was doing a dance, innit? Yeah. <laughs> and then the second one was um, him and Michael when they both went for the ball and the ball popped, innit? Like they both just crunched the ball, trying to do each other in. And they both got the ball and the ball popped. That was funny. Literally just hammer and tongs right there as well, which I love to see. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, let's get rid of that. Uh, Danny, we'll go with you next. Who's your Who's your number nine? Look, just before I move on, like, Ian Wright was on my honourable mentions list, so he's not going to actually make my list. But for me, I, I didn't really get to see him, so I'm just going to throw it out there why I might not have. I mean, I've been told he was the ultimate goal holder, like you know, yeah. you said. It was more than that. Yeah. He was so much more yeah. than that. It was yeah. such a iconic player to watch as well. And the story mm-hmm. that he has as well. He's on my list, but I won't tell you where. Um, he started quite yeah. late as well. Started he did. Like 24 or 22 was it and yeah 23 or something like that he got, went to Palace and it wasn't like coming through an academy he was like he was in jail and he just it just transpired the way he's footballers legend. kind of trust me his story's mad mm. yeah 
But I just thought I'd throw out he's on he's on my honourable mentions just so I don't get you know hounded by anyone. <laughs> especially especially the, the hounded's are gone. We're we're all getting hounded tonight. That's what. No, especially with who my number nine is the Arsenal fans. Uh oh. Um, okay. my number nine. Uh, when I first saw this player play, I th- I thought this guy's going to go on and, and do a lot. Unfortunately for Arsenal, he didn't get to do it because he got shifted over to Man United and they won the mm-hmm. league a season later. Mm-hmm. And that is RVP, Robin Van Persie <coughs> is my number nine. I think that left foot, I think the volley against Charlton is still one of my favourite goals yeah. of all time. I was actually at the ground. I was a ball boy for that game. Six. Wow. And, and I got to see it. And honestly, my jaw just, just dropped. It was it was mm. incredible. So I think he may not be on other people's lists, but for me, especially with what he's done for the Premier League and how he helped Man United in that season and, and the... And the stick he got for it to come over that and go right, you know what? I'm just going to lace my boots up, get on the pitch, and and do a shift. My number nine, Robin van Persie. But what we're all here to listen is my number nine worst striker of all. Time. Oh no! <laughs> go, let me hear this one. Liverpool legends. It's Alexi Voronin. Okay, there's no one. <laughs> there's Free no transfer one. as well. Yeah, the ponytail. Ukrainian ponytail, yeah. Get him out of here. Alexi Voronin, you are the ninth worst striker of all time. Congratulations. Moving on. You, you put in some work, Danny. You, you did a lot yeah. of um, work comprising these lists, man. Uh, I, I commend it. Absolutely. I, I could have just given you the top 10 worst Liverpool strikers ever with who has carried on with that narrative. That would have yeah. worked perfectly. Legit. Cinema <laughs> Pongo is joining that list. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, wow. And Titi Kamara as well. In Titi Kamara. David Ngog, he's joining yeah, that Gog, list yep. as well. Yep. Oh, remember yep. that name. Remember the name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to be done. Zim, uh, what's, your, what's your? Actually, no, we haven't spoken about Van Persie. Lot. Zim, what's your favorite memory of Robin Van Persie? Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk too much on it, but um, yeah, no, he he, it's it's got to be him coming over to United, um, and you know, being given the number twenty shirt, getting us our twentieth title, and yeah, like the goal against Villa. Um, that's that's my favorite memory, and um. You know, like even aside from Premier League memories, like him at the World Cup doing a flying header, you know, for Netherlands. And I was just like, this guy, he's got everything to his game. So, uh, yeah, no, nah, Van Persie is a proper legend, man. He, he's, he's up there for me. Brilliant. And who's on your number nine list? All right. So for me, uh, my number nine is a true number nine and is one of three... Dutchman on my list. Um, when I want to look for a top striker, yeah, like this, this is for me as well. By the way, it's for me. It's not necessarily just the ten best, but I think my opinion kind of is like the ten best, right? But I think it's like I look for the tech, the physicality as well. You know, like being able to run in behind, being able to take it from slightly deep from a number nine's position, score like long ranges, both feet, and I think this guy had it in abundance. Um, I think he does get the credit, but I think he was a bit ahead of his time um, because of the, the Dutch way of playing and bringing it to the Prem. Um, it's not Burkamp. It is uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. He was on my honourable. Oh, is it? Yeah, but that right peg, Big baller. Big baller. Shot power, immense, but accuracy as well. Like It didn't really add up. Normally, you have to like sacrifice one for the other, but mm. it was like, nah. I have both. <laughs> like strength as well. Mm. Big baller, big baller. He wasn't even the tallest, but he just he knew how to use his strength. Like, yeah, nah. Hasselbank. 
I mean, he was one of those guys. I think you got the was it Golden Boot MJ? He joined with Mike Clone and Dwight York in '99 when he was playing for Leeds of all teams. Leeds, well. yeah, yeah. Mm. Shows the quality. He went to he had I know it's not to do with the Prem, but he went to Atletico and banged it up in the La Liga as well. And that was when Atletico were crap. I think it was yeah. mid-table, lower league. Yeah, yeah, they wasn't doing too much, but he went over there and done well. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that he ended up going to Chelsea, I thought he could have lasted a season or two longer at Chelsea when they had their new money coming in as well. But obviously, Ranieri and um, Bramovic and Mourinho, of course, had different mm. ideas going forward as well. But he was like Hasselbank and Zola just like rings off the tongue. Well, Hasselbank and Viduka. That was a good partnership to see, oh, see as well. It was. Yeah. Now, I want to give a shout out to Viduka, though, because I know he's not going to be in the list, but he was a bang. He's a baller as well. Agreed. He's a fantastic. Yeah. What a player. Danny, do you have much memories of um, Viduka? I do not. Uh, Harry, him and Harry Kuehl mm, for that lead Harry team Kuehl, though. Oh, it's, God. it's like you don't really see Australian ballers you know what I'm saying mm. but like they just set the trend and it was just that generation though because you haven't seen it after you didn't see it before but no, at that yeah. time they were well, really shutting Cahill. it down man. Yeah, yeah true true yeah. true true but and then um, more for his shout, fist. Shout, out, shout out Mark Viduka for scoring that goal against Arsenal that won Man United oh, the league in 2003 as well my MJ best memory K- of him that's my favorite memory of Mark Paducah. So I'm glad MJ shouted out Mark Paducah right there as well. Um, I want to take I want to take back that shout. Out, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit it all out. We'll get rid of it all, which is crazy. Um, first of all, I'm not sure who I've got as my number nine because I've got two, but I know one played predominantly as a number ten, and MJ will back me up for this. One of them wore number ten and was an ultimate number nine, but. I can't fit him on the list, and I think I'm going to leave him out. I'll, I'll leave him out, but I'm going to tell the. I'll player, say him. if you leave him out, I'll say him. Don't worry. That's okay. it's the same guy I'm thinking about. Yeah, there's there's two. Um, but no, I, I did say I've got, I've got an anti-Liverpool bias to make it easier for me, but it's quite hard to leave this Liverpool striker out. So I will. So at number <laughs> at number nine, it's Ian Wright. Ian Wright is someone again. I think someone they should write, they should do a whole feature film about him. The way that he's mm. come about. And that's it's something that's a shout, to be fair. Yeah, it's, it's something that I think you both of you, MJ and Zim, you won't mind me saying this, but it's something that me being from like a, an Asian background from community, I don't fully get how um and what he kind of did for the black community in Britain at the time. That's something that I'll never understand because it never happened to like my ethnic uh, background as well. But I know people speak of him as such fondness, the uncle Wrighty nickname that he's got as well. The oh, fact God. that he does so much media work for so many different people. And he does, a bit, he does it all just not to fill his time, but because he genuinely loves people. And it's because of the fact that he had such a different upbringing to a lot of black people at the time as well. And the fact that he had such a good role model as a teacher as well that got him into football, that got him to focus on something crazy as well. So it, it goes to show that I think there's so much you can learn from just Ian Wright as the man, let alone Ian Wright, the striker, the Premier League striker, the Arsenal top goal scorer of all time until Thierry Henry striker. So that's just uh-huh. my kudos to... Um, Ian Wright at number nine. Number nine for someone. What number did he wear, MJ? Number eight. Number eight. Yeah, I was going to put him at number eight. But I've got someone else at number eight. Um, but yeah, that's that's my kind of um, tribute to Ian Wright at number nine. So now we're going to go for our number eight. And Danny, I'm going to let you go for number eight. Oh, <clears throat> fine. Look, we've already touched on him. I won't speak too much. If he does overtake uh, Alan Shearer, he will be the best Premier League striker of all time. For me. Although I'm a West Ham fan, he always scores against West Ham. It's number eight, it's Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane is is going to be moving up that list very, very quickly. For the moment, I can't put him any higher just out of respect for everyone else I've got above him. Um, And even some of the people missing it, it was was a tough one for me. But I think if if people leave him out now, they're going to regret it in 
five, six, seven years whenever he overtakes Alan Shearer, um, unless he moves to Barcelona or Real Madrid in the meantime. Um, but look, that's just that's up for discussion. But yeah, number eight, Harry Kane. And for the main number eight of my list, <laughs> all the way from across the pond, he's tall, he did nothing in the Premier League. The American Josie out the door. <laughs> oh. He tried, he tried. He did. definitely <laughs> did try. He, you know, that hard work and spirit and, you know, playing the game properly and lots of running, yeah. Like he's he, playing American football, but he, he look, he played football like he was wearing jeans and Tim's. Yeah. He's not, he's not Sean. Like, you know what I mean? He's like, go back and go and be a goalkeeper in ice hockey. No, no range. <laughs> Howler of a player. Josie Outdoor, number eight, worst player all the time. All I'm saying, yeah, Sean in, in jeans playing football is one of the sights to see as well, which is so so funny. Jeans and a um, that's what he should have been wearing. It needs to be done. I feel like Brian McBride, um, for Fulham mm. and Everton had a better career than Josie Aldador. So I can't even say Josie Aldador walked so Americans could run. There was already a better American striker, I think, 10 years before Aldador came to the Premier League. Yeah. So even wingers as well, like um, Donovan as well. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to. I think he basically set the precedent, really, and Dempsey as well. But yeah, exactly. Josie Outdoor watched Will Will Ferrell's kicking and screaming and went, "Oh, I'm going to become a, a good footballer one day." But he should have been in that team. That's what team he should have been in. Passing to the Italians, that's he would have just left it to the Italians in that film as well. His dad, his what was it? His dad was going, "Yeah, that's a Pele ball. Everyone wants a Josie Outdoor ball. That's what they want in the USA. That's what they wanted at the time because he was playing for Sunderland of all teams. Fantastic." Oh. Good progress right there as well. Uh, Zim, let's go for your number eight. Yeah, why not? Um, I need to think of it. I think, <laughs> um, yeah, based on the two that I had before, um, and I, I, I've been, you know, choosing players from not way back, but let's say uh, 10 years after the Premier League um, first started. Uh, so that was like a, a prime era. And to be honest, this player... Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of reluctant to admit, it, but yeah, he he. I was a big, big fan of him. Um, growing up, massive. Like every time I'd watch a match, he would score like short, pacey, and I was fast in school as well. So I'd like try to emulate some of my my goals on like what he would do. Um, didn't, didn't matter what foot he was on. And do you know what? I remember being in school, yeah, and they let us watch the World Cup. Um, <laughs> and the, I think it was like the quarterfinals against a certain team that were yellow. Um, and uh, yeah, because I don't want to give it away. But yeah, he scored like at half, before half time, right? But then I had to go into. Um, so I was at my friend's house watching the match, and then I had to go into school. So I missed like the rest of the game, um, or like the, I caught the last 10 minutes, and I heard Ronaldinho scored a banger. Um, but anyway, the person who scored before halftime was Michael Owen, and uh, yeah, he's 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 my number eight man. He's he's actually he, he got a Ballon d'Or. Mm. Like what you English player? Number eight. You've put him number eight. Yeah, it would have been higher, but like it's, there's a Liverpool bias. Although he came to Man, Man United, he's just he's not loved by anyone. Like it's an awkward mm. one. Um, <laughs> but, the unloved child. Yeah, no one yeah. claims it. Even BT Sport want to get rid of his contract. What? <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> to, to be honest, though, like in terms of raw ability at his peak, it could have been higher. Mm. But I'm also choosing it in terms of like the impact that they had on 
on me like and mm-hmm. some of that was like later on down, down the line for me but yeah uh, he's, he's my number eight he's my number eight as well so he's literally oh, wow. just he was only one of the Liverpool influence that I needed to have on the list because of the Man United yeah the Man United, link up Man United well. fans man there should be you should become a, a, a neutral fan you should be like whilst these games are going on you should be watching the championship yeah <laughs> That's what, <laughs> what my experience was. So I got to oversee everyone's conversations. Yeah. No, but to, to, be, to be fair, though, like, I could also argue that, like, he just didn't do it for long enough. I know he got injuries and stuff, mm. right? Um, one thing that I do give him credit for was, like, when he came to Man United, that um, match that we won against City, 4-3, like, the last minute, the dying seconds, Giggs slides it through to him. The touch had to be on point. There was a lot of pressure Great touch, great finish, bottom corner. Like he, even though he lost the pace by then, he still had the composure to finish. But I think the fact that his, you know, career outside of the Prem in Real Madrid and like Newcastle was just, it was kind of non-existent. Like he just didn't do it for long enough. So yeah, and I'm Stoke, happy. shout out Stoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fighting Jack Wilshere in midfield, playing as a centre mid, made no sense to me. But he was there rapping for Tony Pulis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's how it is. That's how it is in Stoke. Um, but no, Mike Lauren for me as well, he probably gave me one of my best Eid memories as well because that game was on Eid day. So I was watching the second half of the game and I was just really happy watching Mike Lauren do a madness, really. It was one of the most iconic moments and you'll see it in every Sky Sports montage whenever there's a Man United Man City game coming along as well. It'll always be one of the ones that you'll see. The Rooney overhead kick, Michael Lowen last minute goal, whatever it is. It's fantastic mm. to see. And um, again, Ballon d'Or winner, someone who I've really wanted to see. And He's a good example, and I think Danny and I, we've spoken about this as well, about how you can suffer burnout so easily so early nowadays in the Premier League. He was the prime example. Jack Wilshere, another one, of being overused when you're so young because you're so good. No one was there to yeah. kind of stop him from playing too many games because all the managers want to win games. They all have the pressure on them as well, even more so now in this day and age at the same time. And it kind of came to the detriment of Michael Owen, in my opinion, as well. So it's really sad to see how when he went to Real Madrid, he was just like another bit part play. It wasn't really Galactico. Came back from uh, Real Madrid to Newcastle for a record fee at the time for Newcastle. Didn't hit the ground running, didn't link up with Shearer properly. Came to Manchester United on a free, didn't really link up with Wayne Rooney properly, mostly a bench warmer. And his career kind of faltered after Real Madrid, in my opinion, as well. He's always that England man, always that England number nine that we like to see. We saw him in the 2006 World Cup, but it just wasn't the case, unfortunately. And um, things could have turned out so much differently. And I'm still quite annoyed that a lot of teams don't, treat players differently to how they kind of treat Michael Owen as well. I think Deli Ali may have been a shout for another one of these players that played a lot so early. So now he's 24-25, is in Besiktas. Like he's had a longer career because he's played every single game starting 90 minutes, 95 minutes, two, three games in a week. And it was the same for Michael Owen as well. So yeah, Michael Owen is my number eight and what a fantastic player he was and what a fantastic enemy he was. And the only Liverpool player I could have on my list um, is Michael Owen. MJ, your turn for number yeah. eight. Yeah, I just to, sorry, just before I say my number eight, I just want to give a quick shout out to Owen as well for, I think it was 2000, 2001, when they won the triple. So I'm not going to say treble, because oh. treble has to be <laughs> a Champions League, yeah. But when they won the triple, the FA Cup final scored two goals against Arsenal, burnt Lee Dixon and Tony Adams and just banged it in. So I just want to give a shout out to Owen for that as well. And that Real Madrid's record was not as bad as you think. He scored 13 goals in 36 games, so still not too bad. He's only there for one year, but it's still not too bad. But yeah, anyway, on to my number eight. So this one's a tough one, yeah? I wasn't sure who to go for. I was debating quite a lot. But I kind of spoke about him earlier on the show. Absolute um, sharpshooter, in the box, deadly. Carried it on for his whole career. 
also a part of the Premier League 100 Club as well. And this is probably more of a personal one, maybe more than what other people, maybe no one else will put him on the list, but I'm going to go for Jermaine Defoe. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go for Jermaine Defoe. I think he was just a class striker. Done it at Tottenham, done it for West Ham as a kid, even though, you know, there was a bit of um, <clears throat> a bit of issues with him because he handed in a, a transfer request after West Ham got relegated. But he did stay and he still banged in a few goals for them until he left in Jed the following January. Uh, went to Tottenham, we all know about Tottenham. How we didn't go to the 2006 World Cup when they took Theo Walcott instead, I do not understand. Biggest uh, robbery. Yeah, Biggest that robbery. robbery. That was a mad robbery. But yeah, no, Jermaine Defoe done his thing. Even to a couple of seasons ago when Rangers done the Invincible season, he was still there knocking about, doing scoring goals and stuff. So yeah, and look how long his career has gone on for. He, he retired at what, 37, 38 years old. So yeah, I have to, I have to give it to, after squeezing Jermaine somewhere. Uh, Jermaine Defoe, I mean, the, the way the biggest robbery is because Wayne Rooney was the top English scorer in that season in the Premier League. Then it was Darren Bent for Charlton. Mm. Then it was Jermaine Defoe, who was obviously mm. the more proven uh, international level as well. And who do they go for? They go for someone who recently was bought by Arsenal for 15 or 12 million pounds. Didn't play a Premier League game. Didn't play a Premier League game. Build as like, oh, the next, not next Pele, but he could be the next shining next bright generation. of English football. Mm. Yeah, didn't happen. Failed wonder kid. Mm. Shout out Zim um, for when we talk, spoke about that back in what January. That was a fun episode to do. Yeah, I still remember. Such mm. a funny topic that was as well. <laughs> Always um, overrated. Yeah. Of one show reel him lobbing a keeper. That hat trick <laughs> against Croatia gassed so many people. Yeah, well. that as well. That didn't help. Didn't help his case at all. Um, but no, Jermaine Defoe was someone who. You could you could guarantee would always score your goals. He was someone who I thought was a fantastic goal scorer. He's someone who epitomized what it was like to be a fox in a box. And I really enjoyed the fact that when he went to Sunderland, again, it's not really footballing related, but it kind of transcended football for me. He came from just a footballer to a really good role model with mm-hmm. the whole Bradley Lowry situation as well. Mm-hmm. And he scored that amazing volley or half volley against Newcastle at the Stadium yeah. of Light. Left foot. I don't like Sunderland at all, but I like that goal from Jermaine the first. That was a good goal. Um, yeah, and he's and one other thing. He's probably the striker that most reminds me of Ian Wright. Mm. I agree. I agree. Mm. Stature, stature. Um, you know, any finisher, finisher anyhow. Yeah. Same attitude, same persona. Possibly, but Ian Wright was a lot more in your face about it. Yeah, yeah. Ian Wright had the charisma. To be fair, that's it. But, yeah, the charisma. Um, that's the word. Yeah, but but in terms of playing style, I think I agree. Defoe had a similar. But mm. I know he his idol was Ian Wright. Anyway, Ian Wright. So. Yeah, Makes definitely. Sense. Nicely done, nicely done. And now we're on to our number sevens now because we've all done our number eights. Um, I'll start this one off as well, and I'm gonna <coughs> I'm gonna throw out a little disclaimer here as well. People are probably listening to thinking, where is like the likes of like Cantona or Gianfranco Zola or um, these kind of players as well? Because I'm fully on my list. I'm going for pure number nines. I'm not going for any number tens. Um, because again, another bit of content we could do, it would be fantastic to go for it properly as well. There'll be different players we can put into that as well. So, if anyone's thinking, why is Hamza not thrown in Cantona or Burkamp or these kind of places? Because I kind of remember them more for number 10s more than anything. So, I'm talking about proper goal scorers, proper thoroughbred strikers. And in this day and age where we don't see as many thoroughbred strikers, it's coming back into fashion now with Harlem and Nunes, mm. which is great to see. Um, I want to see a bit. I want to have in that conversation. Don't slide that one in there. Yeah, don't put Nunes. Don't do that. <laughs> Dude, there's not proof of anything, bro. I, <laughs> I meant like no Liverpool bias. Keep it up. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I'll edit that out. I'll edit that out. I'll edit that out. Um, but you know what I mean, like more number nine, big, 
tall six foot four strikers are coming back into fashion, really. So I thought, you know what? Um, if I am going to say anyone for this round, I am going to say Harry Kane uh, for my number seven as well, because Harry Kane, even though he drops back a lot nowadays, he's not a definitive number 10 for me. He'll always be one of the most amazing number nines England's ever had. And I think he deserves to be above Michael Owen at this moment in time, because even though Michael Owen was a Ballon d'Or winner in 2001, I think Harry Kane still has that potential to become even better as a striker. I think with Antonio Conte as a manager that he has, I think with a better England manager as well, he could improve even more as well. But the way that he plays, it's not just built around him at Tottenham, which is the best thing. He looks to sort out uh, a lot more balls to feet as well. He likes to pass a lot more, which is great to see. I'm not contradicting myself by saying he's got an all-round game because there's one or two more players on this list that I have that have a good all-round game. But as a prominent number nine, Harry Kane, especially in his earlier days as well, he kept Tottenham in that fight for top four. He kept top four a consistent thing for Maurizio Pochettino as well. And obviously uh, being a title challenger once upon a time and finishing third in a two-horse race, as MJ would probably uh, like to remember as well, behind Arsenal. Um, but no, Harry Kane is my number seven. That's a good choice, to be fair. Yeah. You were you were gritting your teeth when you said that, MJ, weren't you? Because you were like, this guy! I said, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen with, with players who are still playing, but I had to throw Harry Kane in there as well. Nah, I do like Harry Kane. Um, MJ, let's go for your number seven. Okay. Number seven. This is tough. This is getting tough now. I'm starting to think about my top five and my top three. And I think there's some players I can't mention yet. All right, cool. I'm going to go for a player that we've kind of spoken about already. I think someone's already chosen them. I'm going to go for uh, Robbie Fowler. I just think he was a nice. class striker. Um, scored lots of goals for Liverpool. <clears throat> I think it's just those couple of years when he first burst onto the scene and he was just banging in goals for fun, like scoring left, right and centre. And, you know, I think, yeah, I think we spoke about it. He didn't really get the chance at England, but... He had loads of other um, rivals, uh, but he's still a part of the United Six squad, even though he didn't really play a minute. But yeah, I'm going to have to go for Robbie Fowler. I just think he was just a class striker. And me as an Arsenal fan, I remember him particularly well because he scored all the time against flipping Arsenal. <laughs> oh, my days. Uh, was Robbie Fowler a big game player, MJ, for you? Yeah, he was. He was. He, like, if you used to go back and have a look as well, you see he scored a lot of goals against United. Um, I think it was that game where Cantona first come back after uh, like flying kicking the, the fan and Fowler scored twice at Old Trafford in that game as well. So when it finished 2-2. So now he was definitely a big game player. No, that's fantastic to him. It would be one of those, I think, as well, where with Robbie Fowler, because he did it at so many different teams as well. Do you reckon he would have benefited <laughs> from a, a trip abroad, maybe, if he was to go into like, the pomp of Serie A at the time? Would he have, yeah, would he have I think Serie A would have suited him because he was he's a proper striker. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's a pop in the box striker. He doesn't do much build up, play up, run the channels. No, just give him the ball, feed him, and he will score. Yeah, especially with their slow way of playing as well at the time, it would have been fantastic for him. Yeah. Probably ideal, I would say. Yeah, so but he's good. deceptively quick, especially in his early days. He was quick when he first came through at Liverpool. So I think Serie A, if he's going to go anywhere, Serie A would have been perfect. No, that's good to hear. Ifs and buts, I would say, which would be quite good. Um, Danny, we'll go for you as number seven for your best and your worst. I'm looking forward to who's your number seven on this on this worst list. So take it away, man. We're getting closer to the top. But no, just quickly, I like how you clarified the difference between tens and nines because it's one of the reasons why I've left out Wayne Rooney from my list. He's not there because I consider him a 10. I think... No, but the amount of goals he scored is more than what a number 10 would. I know, but then you, why is Frank Lampard not on this list? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's how I think about it's number eight. Tough. It's tough, though. It's I've, tough. Gone, I've gone away from Rooney and Cantona because they, they're down on my on my like short list that I was running off of. But the, the person I've put in instead, 
and I've, I've shuffled it around so it's not this exact order when I was doing it but this the, the number seven for me if he did it if he was here for a longer period of time I reckon we'd be talking about him for one of the greatest Premier League players of all time I think his age killed him a little bit and and you know the things I hate to mention it but the things that surrounded his personality and his, his style of play when he was at Liverpool if you take those things away, he becomes a better player. So I don't want to touch on that too much. I don't want to glorify him. But for me, number seven is, is Luis Suarez. I've got Luis Suarez down as my number seven. I think if you if you take away the the social factors of him, I think he's he's up there with one of the greatest Premier League strikers of all time. So for me, number seven. But let's get on to the main part of this list. This is what we're here for. And it's a, it's a West Ham player too. So I've got to give myself that one. Number seven, the Frenchman, Frederick Piquion. He's there. <laughs> What an absolute howler. West Ham, after Dean Ashton retired, were desperate for a striker. We were told all these good things. Oh, we're going to sign the next Thierry Henry. We're going to sign someone who's, oh, I've heard he's been playing with Zidane in France. No, he comes over with his dreads, okay, not even done properly. And he pulls out an absolute two out of 10 performance every week. So Frederick Piquion, you ruined my life when I was 10 years old. <laughs> Strong statement. <laughs> Didn't he play for Portsmouth as well? Probably yeah, he did. He probably ended up somewhere down the coast, trying to be shipped away. Literally, just get him, get him away. <laughs> Again, if, if every club is getting close, about going to going back to France. I know him and him and Freddie Sears, the the, the dream striker. Freddie Sears. Is he still, he's at South End now, isn't it? It's somewhere within East, East, East of England. He was literally. Oh, we got we had the next Omri and the next Rooney up top. Yeah. With whoever behind them, for like the r- most rubbish players of all time, and they end up in Portsmouth and Southend. So, Frederick Piquion, number seven. Thank you very much. But no, Luis Suarez, number seven for me. Nicely done. Um, Zim, have you said you're number seven? No, I haven't. No. Go for it. Um, my number seven uh, has been mentioned already. Uh, it is the notorious MVP RVP. Um, for a number of factors, uh, he was a player that I hated playing against when he was at Arsenal. And, you know, I, I just commended him for, like, wanting to step up to a big club, you know, and then win the Premier League. That was his goal. He didn't care who his old club was. He didn't care who he was going to play against. He needed to be at a big club, so he came to United. And, um, you know, he admired, like, a top-class manager in Fergie, you know, um, who can get the job done. No nearly men. You know, he gets the job done with a with a victory. So um I salute that mentality in him. And then yeah, from a pure tech point of view, like the way he strikes the ball with a left foot. I mean, everyone loves a, a lefty. Like if you're a lefty and you're a baller, it just looks that much better. Mm. So with his striking, his volleying, like he's there's there's one goal that Rooney scored against um Newcastle, right? And I remember like it was a volley. Uh, when he was arguing with the referee. And I remember Van Persie doing a similar sort of volley where it went in on off the underside of the, the crossbar. Um, for Arsenal, I was like, hey, this guy, he's a tecker man, you know. He's a tecker man. Three kicks. He had the whole lot, man. Had a little burst of pace. Not too much, but, you know, just enough to get away from a defender. And, um, yeah, man, that goal at Villa, you know, when, you know, real recognised real. He saw what Rooney did, um at Newcastle and then Rooney was like, Yeah, I saw what you did at Arsenal. Um so let me let me let me assist you. Like a ball in over the top from the halfway line. And then yeah, Van Persie just volleys it in from over his head. 
won us the league, man. So, uh, yeah, RVP is my number seven legend. If only I knew the, the Dutch way of saying semi-magnifique, that would have been a good way to end that segment. But yeah. uh, Van Persie, what a player. <laughs> I, I, I almost feel guilty for not choosing him yet. So we'll see if he makes my top 10 list as well, which will be pretty good. Um, but now we're on to six. So I'm looking forward to six because this is the nitty-gritty bit of it. Six onwards for a striker. Because the way I see it, the top two would kind of be like your ideal kind of strike choice as well. Because we are playing, not favourites, we are playing our own little opinions as well, which would be quite good. MJ, take us away with your number six. Who have you got for us? All right, Hans, before I give away my number six, I need to clarify something. Are we going to do an, an uh, like a number tens episode? Yeah, yeah. We are, yeah? We're going through it methodically. So strikers, number tens, I'm hold wingers. I'm back. Yeah, right, I've, cool. I've held all the... Otherwise, Cantona would have been mentioned. Burkamp would have been mentioned. All of these people have been yeah. mentioned. But is Rooney going to make my top ten list? Did I, do I consider him a number nine? We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Mm, okay, yeah. cool. So number six. <laughs> All right, for number six then, I'm going to go for... All right, this guy, yeah. World-class striker. Obviously a part of the Premier League uh, 100 club. Uh, done it on loads of different teams. But what hurts me the most, before I say his name, what hurts me the most is that this guy come through at Arsenal and we sold him because he was having beef with the old Arsenal manager, George Graham. And it could have been Ian Wright's strike partner. So this guy is Mr. Andrew Cole. So uh, I saw this guy. It's not funny, bro. I love it. I so, love it. His story is so fascinating. He could have been the next is. best thing at Arsenal. He could have been one of the best players ever in Arsenal's history. And who does he join? Newcastle. Then who does he join? Manchester United. And what does he win? <laughs> the treble. How many times <laughs> did he win? Plenty. Plenty. Name how many won? Yeah, sorry, right. I had to interrupt there, but Andy Cole is also my number six as well. So you can take it away with the spiel for Andy Cole. Andrew. Yeah, no. Um, I first remember watching Andrew Cole at Newcastle. Uh, so I think it's the first year they got promoted into the Premier League. And he was just, I'd never heard of him before. And I just see this guy like always on the sh- last shoulder and they're just playing him in, playing him in, playing him. And he was just banging in goals. And I think. He scored, I think he had the record for the most goals in the Premier League season. But at the start, the Premier League had 24 clubs in it. So it was a 46-game season. Mm. So he had the record for most goals in a 46-game season, bro. And yeah, as you, you said the rest about where he, the clubs he went to afterwards. But yeah, the first one was Andy Coleman. I was just inspired. And then my dad told me about the story about how he used to play for Arsenal. And I'm like, nah, 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 you're, you're chatting, dad. Put on the old VHS, if you remember the VHS guys, put in the VHS. Had an Arsenal review season, bang, you see him come on off the bench for Arsenal in the charity shield against Spurs in 91. So, yeah, if you want to check that, have a look yourself, guys. Yeah. He, he, ooh, he wasn't a Londoner, though. So, yeah, no, he's not. Like, I think he's from Nottingham, isn't he? He's from Nottingham. Yeah. No Arsenal loyalty, so it's all good. <laughs> he's a Northern boy, isn't it? That's why it suited him at Manchester United. Made it perfect for him as well, which is really Midlands, good. they probably would say, oh, we're not Northern, but yeah, to us. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of north. <laughs> yeah, for real. But yeah, no, Andy Cole for me, definitely number six. Yeah, it's my number six as well. Um, five Premier League uh, winners medal as well. Golden Mil- uh, golden boot in 1994 as well. Uh, Danny mentioned him earlier about being in a combination with Dwight York, but this is why I, I have my chance to put him at number six because I just thought he was an extraordinary talent. And remember, uh, Zim, we've spoken about this before as well, 187 Premier League goals and how many of them were penalties? Zero, sorry. Zero, absolute zero. I love no. the way you've actually got a, a black circle. <laughs> Dramatically placed there as well. <laughs> Needed to be done. Um, but no, Andy, Andy Cole is someone who I thought, again, 
if he didn't have that rip of Teddy Sheringham in the England squad, he would have been a better England striker as well. He would have been in there um, scoring a lot more goals for England as well. Around the same time as well, as you mentioned, MJ, Ian Wright, Alan mm. Shearer, Teddy Sheringham, Robbie Fowler. So many of these amazing strikers for England that could have been great even going forward. And I think Andy Cole is a very great. He's played for Newcastle. He didn't do that great after going to uh, Blackburn Rovers and obviously to Manchester City. Or I don't know which came first, Man City then. Um, no, it was Blackburn and Fulham. Blackburn. And Man yeah. City, yeah. And then he kind of retired after like a half a season at Sunderland as well. And he didn't really play much under... Um, I think it was Ricky Sprager at the time. Um, but no, Andy Cole is someone who I thought was a fantastic striker that we had. And I think he's in a league of his own with the goals that he scored in the Premier League as well. Um, one of the best ever Manchester United strikers I've ever seen. And someone who still doesn't get the plaudits, I think, from the general public of how well he's actually done as a striker. Because we always see his name on this list of top goal scorers, but he's always just there like, now Harry Kane's overtaken him, now Aguero's overtaken him, now Rooney's overtaken him. But people don't give him the flowers. And I'm really glad that uh, again, is that number six? So I think this is well appropriated for me. Um, so I'm going to keep it at number six uh, for Andy Cole. Hams, quick one. Does mm. Andy Cole playing for City tarnish his United legacy? Oof. No. Okay. No. Shemichael, what about Shemichael? No. Okay. Fair enough. I've had a lot of United fans say to me, oh, because they're yeah, playing for City, blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? It was different circumstances. It's like, you know, when Ronaldo plays for Inter Milan, AC Milan, mm. Barcelona, Real Madrid. If you go mm. to a Barcelona fan and say to say something about Ronaldo, is Ronaldo a traitor? Him. No. No, they love him. Is, is Luis Figo a traitor from going from Barcelona to Real Madrid? Ooh. He is the most Maybe hated though. man. In, he is the most yeah, hated, hated man. Mm. If you watch a Netflix documentary, like I told Danny to when I went for a... I don't know when I told you. I may have told you, Danny, but so the Netflix documentary shows exactly how much Luis Figo was hated in Catalonia, still is hated in Catalonia, and yeah, how he was I, best friends. On a quick side note, it wasn't even his fault. They activated yeah. his release clause, so he had to speak to them. Yeah, he had to. It was in the contract. It mm. is what it is. But because it wasn't a direct move like Carlos Tevez, different circumstances as well. Mm. Manchester United, we want to buy you. No, I don't want to stay here. Okay, who do you go to? Liverpool, Man City. goes to Man City. That's a different circumstance as well. Um, but, but you yeah, think because City wasn't the city of today, that plays a big part as well? Yeah, in a way. It's, it's kind of like how Man United still have that statue of Dennis Law. Dennis mm-hmm. Law was a Manchester City player who relegated mm-hmm. Manchester United with a back heel when he was playing for Manchester City. His mm-hmm. statue is still there to this day. Mm-hmm. It could have been taken down because of the rivalry between Manchester United and Manchester City, but because of what he'd done for us and how he played for us and how he um, helped us come back from literally the ashes from mm-hmm. 1958 onwards. It goes to show that his legacy at Manchester United will always be greater than his legacy at Manchester City. Yeah, no, fair enough. I got away with that one. That was a, that's about. a good one. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I meant to say. Um, Danny, who's at your number six? I'm listening to all your guys' is, is options and and who you've picked at certain levels. I'm, I'm hoping this, this guy is on some other lists too, but I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I mean, from my point of view, the first game I saw him play, I, I said I remember sitting on the sofa saying to my mum, I was like, this guy has just signed from Atletico Madrid, yeah. And he's incredible. Yeah. Watch what he does for this team. They spent a lot of money on him. It was the, it was all the talk of the town at the time. And on his debut, he bangs in one, two, couple goals. Yeah. And I'm like, right, that's it. This guy is gonna do bits. And I think injuries of have, have I think he should be higher on my list if injuries and and other things <coughs> haven't hurt him during his during his career. The greatest commentary moment of all time. Sergio Aguero, number six. Oh, sorry, number five. Sergio Aguero, number five. Who is your number six? Oh, sorry, no, no, number six. Sorry. 
Sergio Aguero, number six. I've already written it down. That's why I'm looking at it. I'm like, look, I've, I've done it. What oh, a player okay. this guy is. I think if injuries didn't take their toll in a Man City team, he's going to be flying. Most Premier League hat-tricks, Man City's top goal scorer. Like, for, to come into a club where, yeah, they've got money, but like you've seen, like, Money doesn't really get you anywhere. And like, like with Rubinho, for example, like no one, what, what a failed wonder kid Rubinho is, by the way. But like, he needs to come into that team, do bits and get the results from it. And I think him under Mancini and everyone he played for, he definitely got that result. So number six, Sergio Aguero. But the number six worst player of all time. <laughs> we're moving back to Arsenal, by the way. Oh, man, where's it with Arsenal at gone? Let's, let's and go. I'm looking forward to this. I am, I'm going to ask you, MJ, if you can even remember one moment of this player. Number six is Park Chu Young. Okay, Park Chu Young for Arsenal. Oh, yeah. He played about yeah. two or three games, dropped a, dropped a, a 4.2 on scorecard oh. every single time. <laughs> Was going to be the next Asian player to come in and break the mould and oh, God. do this, that, the other. He was banging goals in elsewhere. But he couldn't do it where it counted and got sent back about a season later. So Park Too Young, what a howler. Number number six. <laughs> now I have to agree with you on that one. It wasn't a, <clears throat> it wasn't a great player. <laughs> I think with Park Too Young, the only time he gets Spain from Arsenal is you know when you see those little screenshots of um, team sheets. This is what loyalty looks like as an Arsenal fan. Here's the <laughs> one up front with Maran yeah, 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 Shamak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next to him, it'll be Shamak and Park Too Young. As your let's let's not let's not talk about Shamak. I got a whole I got a whole bibliography about Shamak later on. Don't worry about it. What's <laughs> Sam Shamak? Spoiler alert, man! Spoiler alerts. Shout out to my Moroccan family out there. I have no Moroccan family, but every time I go to, I remember going to Morocco, and they're really happy about Shamak being linked to Sunderland. And then the season afterwards, he got linked with Arsenal. He got he signed for Arsenal as well. So, um, if any of you are still listening out there in Morocco to Friday Night Counter Attack. I appreciate Mauro and Shamak for the for something, but he's not a good striker. He was good at Bordeaux, but not. that's it. But no. we'll see if Danny's got him on the rest of the list. Stay tuned for that as well. Zim, have you said your number six? Nope. Right, you can do your number six, and then you can do your number five, because I'm looking forward to who you've got coming up as well. Um, I had to meditate for this one. Um, we could tell. Yeah. So, yeah, like searching within, I was thinking like, hmm, yeah, who's best place for six? But you should really be in the top five. But then the person who I had in top five, like, it's not who I'd recommend having as a top five. But I have to go with like what my gut tells me, you know. Um, so at number six, and I'm I'm basing not as a, as I say like on just what I think, what I truly think. I don't care about other people's opinions on it. That's what I truly think. Um, so yeah, it's rude. It's, it's Van Nistelrooy. He's he's num- my number six. Yeah, um, yeah. It's very controversial because of who I will have at my number five. But uh, rude. Just a little bit of a, a background. Like I remember playing FIFA 2003 and um, playing uh, using United as you know in career mode. Always banging in goals of him. Every time he scored a goal, I'd hear the fans go. And I thought they were booing him. I was like, "Wait, what did he do wrong?" I was—I didn't realize that was a chant. Like, like every time they score, every time he scores, they say "rude," but it sounds like "boo." It's, it's sort of like "sue," like with Ronaldo. Like, if you don't know what they're saying, you might think you're saying "rude," like no pun intended. But um, yeah, essentially, he was a gunman, and you know his name. I mean, if it wasn't a Dutch word, like he's a rude boy. Like, it's very fitting into what he does. Um, 
clinical. I remember the goal against Fulham when he, you know, ran from the halfway line, just beating bare man, you know, and had that cool composure at the end of it to finish it in the bottom corner. Um, that was a type of goal that I'd like to, you know, mould my game off because I was more of a runner. He was more of a clinical finisher. And when people kept on saying that he only scored goals in a box and then he kind of not shut people up because, you know, he still didn't score many outside the box. But um, Only one. Yeah, yeah. But even just doing a run from outside the box and, you know, coming into the box, that was, you know, it was it was brilliant. Um, and I remember him scoring like a, a goal, I think it was against Charlton, um, where he chested it and then did like a little bicycle kick. Um, yeah, he's, he's he's phenomenal. So, uh, and also, you know, when he came, when he first signed for Man United, he had an injury. He had like a, a really bad injury, but, you know, sometimes that could bring players heads down and you know, if they'll feel sorry for themselves but no he had the mental strength to carry on and be an absolute clinical finisher so he's my number six um so yeah we'll move on this story because he had that injury i think it was before he signed for man united and then we delayed signing him for a year because of that injury he's yeah, like injured for like eight nine it. months and then swartz ferguson like get yourself fit then we'll sign you and second of all I need to screen grab you going rude and have that as my ringtone now because that is iconic. That is something that I need to have. Whenever someone's messaging me, I need to hear you sit going rude on my phone. With the shades, yeah. With the shades. Just rude. a gif of it. Yeah, it yeah. Done. It needs to be done. Um, but yeah. no, like you said, Ruben Esra is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I've had him as my number 10. Yeah. MJ, talk to us about Ruben Esra. You were... I have to. You, you can... Because you had a good side about him and a bad side about him as well. So he was kind of like your pantomime villain because we obviously see him as a hero. I want to hear your kind of perspective on Ruben Estra at the time. No, I, couldn't, I can't stand him, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no respect. I just think like, nah, he's, obviously he's an ice cold finisher, striker. Ironically, I did have him in my list as well, but... I might have to swap it around, but we'll get back to that in a minute, yeah. But now I've mm-hmm. away. Obviously, he's a class player, but I just don't know about his histrionics, getting Vieira sent off and Vieira didn't even touch him and all that stuff. But yeah, he's a good player, isn't it? That's, his, I, I, that's, I, uh, that's better I, than I, I expected from an Arsenal player. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Trust I me. really don't like the way that Arsenal um, players are moving when he missed that penalty, though. Like, that still and makes my blood it, boil. Nah, it makes my blood boil. Lauren and you know what it was? Because he got Vieira sent off. Vieira didn't even touch him. Vieira just finished like that, and he's all like, "Oh, ref, ref, ref," and then he got him sent off, bro. And then so when you missed the penalty, you deserved that, bro. Ganged up on him like, like, like what? You can't do a one on one, like, nah. I didn't, I didn't like it. But he got his own back, though. He got his redemption. Yeah, yeah he got his redemption. By the way, that game, that nil nil game, was the most boring Arsenal boring. United game until yeah. that 89th minute. Mm. Literally boring game. So bad to see. And Ty was there as well from Arsenal Fan TV. He just doesn't age oh, like man. that. He was still there with the beans and glasses. <laughs> oh, exactly man. the same as what he does as well. That kit was terrible. The yellow and blue. That was, that was ugly. That was hideous. You have that kit, MJ. The yellow one. What, the, the one blue. that we played at Old Trafford that time? Yeah, yeah. It was all right. It wasn't one of my favourite kids, but it's okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fun time to talk about 2003, 2004. Um, but yeah, now we're on to... That's what I've got five. as an Arsenal fan. <laughs> Kits. Kits, kits, and more kids. Uh, that's a, that's a, they've got that new training kit as well that everyone likes, that Jamaican-looking one. Oh, yeah. Jamaican People fan. wearing that at Carnival as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that must have been fun, especially if you're not an Arsenal fan and you're wearing that. That would have been funny to see. <laughs> number five. Uh, Zim, I did say you are going to be starting off on number five. Yeah. Go for it, my friend. Who have we got? It's, it's Luis Suarez, man. 
Um, For God's sake. Yeah, man, it's crazy. He's definitely my highest Liverpool player. But uh, sometimes you don't want to like someone, but like you might not like them, but you like the way they play. Um, From the nutmegs to the volleys to the free kicks to the headers to the one touch then bang to the he literally could do everything and he was dogged like literally if if you had him on on your team you would know that you would go into a match and know that you're gonna um like give the defenders a nightmare you're definitely gonna go in with one goal like he was unplayable at times and yeah when when i look at a striker and what what i want to see in a striker he kind of had it all um just in terms of like footballing ability um, and invention, like there, there are things that he'd do that I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that, like to get past the defender. Um, halfway line shots, like he, he had everything, man. And um, that's the thing, like with Rude, it was um, it was more like histrionics. Like I was excited that he was on my team and, you know, he, he had the plaudits and whatnot. Um, with Suarez, just like from a neutral's perspective, just like watching football, and seeing the things that he did, it's like wow! Like this is <laughs> this is what I want to do in the, in the playground, or whether it's against like another school team or whatever. I want to be able to do that, you know. Um, so did yeah, you do one? Oh uh, de- well, definitely not like you know halfway line shots or you know volleys from far, but like yeah, couple things I tried to emulate, and when I succeeded, I was like yes, you know what I'm saying. But he made it look so effortless. And that's the thing. There's one thing to do against a school team and another thing to do it in the Premier League against the best players in the world. So that's where, you know, you, I have to give him his dues, but I don't really want to give him too many dues. So, um, yeah, Suarez, number five for me. That's fine. We can move on. We don't have to talk about Luis Suarez any further. Danny, who's your number five? Fives, I should say. Let's, let's just get things moving. I want to go on to the bad list. For me, it's more important. <laughs> uh, number five, Ruben Isabelle. Uh, I mean, he's dog. I mean, similar similar to what other people have said on a, on a, my on my PSP playing either uh, Pez or FIFA, whatever it was at the time, uh, and scoring with Ruud van Nistelrooy was is a is a great experience. But number five on my list is actually we mentioned it before. It's the man Engog or Engo. <laughs> David Engog. What a howler! What an absolute howler. They say he's the, uh, he was yesterday's Mbappe. That's what they're calling him. He was yesterday's Mbappe. Mbappe has, Mbappe has uh, sort of posters of Ngogo on his wall just to be like, oh, I, I want to be like you. But what a stinker, man. Liverpool had so many expectations of him and just for him to turn up. <laughs> they bought him from PSG as well. So he had a fairly good upbringing. That's, like, that's what you mentioned earlier as well about David Ngog. But it just didn't happen for him and... I think his only iconic moment is kind of like with Diego Forlan in a way, but it's opposite how his career went from Diego Forlan when he left uh, England. He scored against Manchester United in a, I think it was a 2-0 win that they beat us and David can go score the second and everyone was gassed about it. And I remember my friends going on about him. Oh yeah, he's going to be the next big thing. Torres may be leaving soon, but we've got David and Gog and Gog and Dirk Kite out front. I'm like, okay, cool. Dirk Kite out front and David and Gog. Let's see how long that lasted. It didn't last at all. I think he left like two seasons afterwards as well. Roy Hodgson didn't want him. Moves to Bolton and then just didn't do it in the Premier League at all. Ngog's that kind of guy that will turn up in like 10 years and he'll 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 play for the Liverpool's Masters team. You know, like the little fires. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in those charity oh, games they have. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of there like, oh, I was a legend once. No, you scored one goal and that was it. It would turn up him and Didi Aman. Yeah, they would just turn up together and play. <laughs> that team will be stacked. Oh my days! It's it's like one of those guys who just remembers what they do in their school years after just doing one thing. Oh yeah, I won a fight once. David and go. Oh yeah, I scored against Man United once. Yeah, all right. No one remembers who you are. No one knows who David oh, and Gog is. But well, shout out David and Gog for being on your top five. So I'm looking forward to seeing who you've got next as well for your top four. I, I expect a Man United striker on there. You can't disappoint me without a Man United striker on there. There are <laughs> there have been some don't, howlers. Don't you, Hamza, don't you worry, mate. You, you, sit, down <laughs> with, you sit down at the table there. Dinner like I said, Falcao better be number one. That's all I'm saying. Falcao's on my one. list. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you now, Fal- there's worse strikers than Falcao. I can tell you that for free. That's cool with me. That's all right. So we've gone through number five with Zim. We've gone through number five with Danny. MJ, who's your number five? Because I'm looking forward to seeing how yours is without any of these current strikers as well. So there's no Harry Kane in there. Um, Who have we got as your number five? Well, I've got my number five here, but you know what? I want to swap it with my previous previous, um, thing. So I want to swap him with Andy Cole and put Andy Cole number five instead. But we'll, we'll we'll go through it anyway. So number five is... We've just spoken about him, Dutch striker, Ruud van Nistelrooy, even though I don't like him. I have to be objective in my assessment of him. And yeah, he was an ice cold striker. I think the only thing that you could possibly say against him is that he didn't play in the most dominant era for United. I think during his five years, he won one league title. So that's kind no, of... He won, he won like three, I think. Nah, because he come when we were champions in 0102, then you won it. Then we won the Invincible, then Chelsea done back-to-back. So I think he only won one title during these five years at United. So I think generally, obviously, he's a great striker, scored bears, lots of goals in the Champions League, even though we're talking about more like Premier League. But I want to put Andy Cole ahead of him instead and have Ruda at number six and have Andy Cole at number five. So sorry for flopping that. But yeah, I want to have, that's what I'm going to do. I want to put Ruda at number six and Andy Cole at number five. No, you're right. It was one Premier League. It was like I think it was like three domestic trophies he's won, but yeah. I mistake that as a Premier League. But yeah, uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy at number five for you, Andy Cole at number six. My number five, um, I'm surprised he hasn't been mentioned yet. It's rather he's going to be a really good choice or he's going to be what the hell are you thinking, Hamza, putting this guy on your list. So, um, yeah, this this will probably be the most controversial one I have besides putting Ruud van Nistelrooy at 10. But <laughs> I'm going to go for him and I'm going to back myself on this. Number five for me is DDA Drogba. Oh, okay. Fair. I'm going for DDA Drogba because... Didier Drogba is someone who we've talked about trailblazers in the past. We've talked about how people come into the Premier League and sometimes they need a year to settle. They may not have the best of times. And um, really seeing Didier Drogba play for Chelsea under Jose Mourinho, scoring 10 goals in his first season when Chelsea first won the, the league as well, was something to behold. Because as we all know, I mean, we all hate Chelsea, but we all know Chelsea aren't an attacking side. They, they've only probably been an attacking side under Andre Villas-Boas, Avram Grant, and um, probably Maurizio Sarri. The rest of you have still been defensive Chelsea and boring, boring Chelsea, as we know, um, as they as they always have, always have been. And under Jose Mourinho, they weren't um, shy of getting goals, but they weren't having a proper goal scorer until kind of DJ Drogba came in in that first season with jo- Jose Mourinho as well. One of first, the first signings that he got. And for him to kind of score the goals that he did, for him to ha- kind of have the seasons and the service that he had as well, I thought was something quite profound, really. So DJ Drogba is someone who... We always tend to forget because we always kind of look at stats. But I remember a lot of how he used to just bully defences by himself. He could bully a back four of 
Gary Neville, Nemanja Vidic, Rio Fernand and Patrick Sever by himself. And he did that numerous times um, to my pain, I would say, especially in the FA Cup final 2007. Not a great time for me, um, seeing my team lose at Wembley like that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, had that, he's had that thing about him. MJ would know that he used to bully Arsenal by himself. He may not have had a lot of touches on the ball. He may not have been the most effective of goal scorers, but he was a dominant striker. He was someone who could absolutely cause carnage whenever he chose to flip switch on, and he did it more times than not. He was a clutch player, in my opinion, as well, scoring in these big moments, scoring in these, in these FA Cup finals. And the only one time he didn't kind of make a good impact was in the Champions League final in 2008 when he got sent off, um, like I mentioned to you, um, him previously for spitting on Carl Severs and obviously pushing him down and all of that as well. So, um, Didier Drogba is at my number five. There was one season, I don't know if you guys remember, or, or you can't really forget it, the season when they won the league in 2010 and it was Carlo Ancelotti. And I think this is probably the, one of the most dangerous strikers we've ever seen in the Premier League. Didier Drogba being managed by Carlo Ancelotti, who, as we all know, is a laissez-faire type of manager. He always lets his players kind of do what he wants, do what they want, dictate the way that they want to play. Like we've seen at Real Madrid, like we've seen at Everton, but Everton are relevant to Carlo Ancelotti's way of managing, <laughs> um, as we know. 32 games and 29 goals in that season for DDA Drogba. Right. Nearly a goal a game. And I don't think anyone can kind of argue with how important DDA Drogba is, not just for African strikers in the Premier League, but for strikers in general, for big men, for target men, for players who don't really play in attacking systems as well. Like a few of the players that we've got on here, they played in attacking systems. Didier Drogba didn't. He didn't for the majority of his career. And I thought he was a fantastic player to kind of watch. And even though we talk about watching players objectively, I couldn't really because he was kind of like my guilty pleasure in a way. I love watching him play. I love watching how he was as a striker. And kudos to Didier Drogba. He's number five on my list. It's a disgrace. It is a disgrace. <laughs> it's, it's number a disgrace. five. We'll get on to that later. It's a disgrace, number five. It is you a better have a, a serious top four lined up, Hamza. My you top have... four is unbeatable. I'm confident on that. You I'm confident on that. serious top four. I feel like everyone's now gone, oh, yeah, we've got him in our top three. I'm like, sorry, I've, I've just disgraced him <laughs> by putting him Find the way by that. <laughs> you all played the game really well by letting me just rant about DDA Drogba. You were just kind of there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Let's make it is at five and this is at ten. Let's <laughs> let's let Hamza uh, do what he needs to do. Um, but yeah, DJ Drogs at my number five as well, which is quite fun. Danny, who's your number four? Number four, nice and easy. Uh, made a little bit more relevant recently about his horrible punditry and his daughter <laughs> being on Love Island. Michael Owen, nice and easy. Ballon d'Or winner. No, like nothing need, needs to be more said. You know what I mean? Like. The only English, like the only player that's going to achieve that in the next 15, 20 years for England, I believe. Um, I don't see anyone coming close to that achievement. The goals he scored uh, at the time, the credibility, and and yeah. So number four for me is, is Michael Owen. But the real number four for me, and we're going to keep doing it this way, we spoke about it earlier, the worst hairstyle in the existence of Premier League football. And I'll stand by that. If you were to go into a barbershop in the UK and you showed them the Shamak haircut, yeah, uh. you'd immediately be kicked out. You'd be put on a hit list. Any barbershop would just be like, no, 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 no. you'll be barred from this shop. Marouane Shamak, number, number four worst strikers in Premier League history. Barred him from the barbershop. Him and Park Ji Young up top. I want to see it. I want to see it again. 
I apologize for our Moroccan listeners out there in Morocco. No, I don't. I don't apologize to the Moroccan. <laughs> I don't apologize. You had your fun with Tarap, yeah, and now you've got Shamat to deal with too. Tarap's Algerian. No, he's not. Huh? Is is Tarap Algerian? I'm thinking. Mm, of, I'm he might be Al- I think he might be Algerian. You know, but I'm not. Uh, sure. I'm actually VAR. I'm VAR in this right now. Yeah, VAR, VAR. Is a Moroccan professional footballer. Yeah. Right. Perfect. That's my bad. Cool. They don't really have long-standing players, do they, in Morocco? They've got Hakim Ziyech, who's a street baller, Tarat, street baller, Shamat, Hakimi. a barber's nightmare. I can't remember. Sufyan Bufal, another street baller. Mm. What Moroccan player Hakimi. in the Premier Oh, in the Premier In the Premier, oh. yeah. I'm trying to think. Not many. We'll have to do a podcast on that. You have to do and like old school, like Yosef Chipo and the other guy. I can't remember there's another one, Chipo and someone else. I'll look at that later on. The best ever Moroccan Premier League players. There won't be many. They'll just be expensive ones like Mara and Shamak. 20 million they spent, didn't No, it was a free transfer, sorry. Free transfer, thank you. Free transfer. And then <laughs> thank you. Crystal Palace spent on him, wasn't it? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. But Deep I'm like... Crying. He still has nightmares over that. Over that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I remember one time he got hounded by Arsenal fans with Sami and Azri outside the Emirates. They were walking to the ground and then all the Arsenal fans were like, if you want to walk with the people, you walk with the people. And all the people just there abusing him and they're trying to like get away. Disgusting. And then like just kind of there, like, Samir, let's go this way. I'm like, why don't you just go in with security? Because you're actual players. <laughs> no sense. Actually, true. no, no, no. Tell like, Shamak was a player, but Nazri was a Man City player at the Emirates, which is why okay. they're getting angry. Now I remember. That's, that makes sense. We don't like Samir Nazri. It's not making no. the top 10 attackers list, attacking the fillers list. Um, but we move. MJ, talk to us about your number five. Now, who have we got? No, number four, number four. Number four. Yeah. Who's the uh, number five? I had Andy Cole. I stopped it with, with Rude, didn't it? I put Andy Rude Cole, six. Rude at six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It. Cool. Uh, so my number four, again, this guy, we spoke, we spoke about him not too long ago. Um, you know what? You know what it is, yeah? I think he this guy kind of transcends football. And what it was as well is when he first come to England, to what he became, he just completely just turned into a monster. I remember, so the guy that I'm choosing for number four is DJ Drogba. Uh, I think this guy, he just revolutionised Chelsea. I remember when he first come and any little contact, he would fall on the floor and roll over. Remember, I used to arch his back and all, like, roll on the floor and that. And then from that until, like, banging in free kicks with technique, I was like, wow, what happened to this guy? Like, he couldn't... When he first joined Chelsea, there's no way he's taking free kicks like that. It's uh, like he was in an opera, the way he yeah, was, like... Yeah, it's like he's in an he opera. Body on the floor. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Exactly. All curled up, but, like contorted in the wrong way the wrong uh yeah the opposite way but yeah no Drogba, i think he just yeah i think he's he kind of speaks for himself and from time you can stop civil war in your own country you're a legend <laughs> facts facts it's like you know that that advert when there's that woman there who like hands a pepsi to like, the police and then mm-hmm. they just stop fighting yeah yeah didier drogba probably did that in real life and got yeah. away with it that's exactly. how that's how impactful Didier Drogba is. No, uh, definitely. He just, he just turned into the, one of the most uh, lethal strikers in Europe, basically, yeah. when he comes from Marseille. And it's because of his link-up play and everything as well. It's the fact that at Marseille, people didn't rate him. I remember Mourinho saying, I could have got any striker in the world, um, but I chose Didier Drogba and Abramovich didn't want to pay. But I said, pay and thank me later. And he did by winning the Champions League and multiple league titles with uh, uh, Didier Drogba as well. Zim, who have we got at number four? Definitely. Because I'm looking forward to seeing who we've got. If you've got any more Man United strikers in there, if you can actually fit any Man United strikers in there, or there awesome. better not be. There better not be any more Man United strikers in there. He may put, put Rooney as a nine. What are you talking about? 
He makes Rooney as a nine. Rooney could be a nine. Anyway, my number four. Um, yeah, as I, as I said, I'm choosing them for myself. So th- these aren't necessarily the best Premier League strikers. These are my best Premier League strikers, right? And so my number four is a Frenchman, right? Not who you think. Anelka. Yes, it is Nicola Anelka. Um, and yeah, well done for guessing that because I said not who you think. But yeah. for me, um, when he broke, through, like when he came through Arsenal, um, you know, initially in the 90s, like he was the prototype for what Henri became. I think a lot of people sleep on that. He found football too easy. I think that was his issue. You know, when you you, you just naturally got it, um, he naturally had it in abundance. And then he had like the physicality to match with it. So, um, and it's the thing, like there's, you know, people who said he had an attitude problem and like that can happen a lot when you know you're, you know, head and shoulders a lot um, over like some of your players. But, you know, I, I just think he, like when he got the attention he got, you know, at that age, um, it was a bit, a bit early. But in terms of like the promise that he showed when Wenger brought him over, like, it was crazy. The Premier League couldn't handle it. And then for him to go away, you know, sort of be a journeyman, go into Madrid, winning a, a Champions League early, um, and then, you know, going to different clubs and then coming back to Chelsea. And then even... Bolton at, first as well, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bolton. And he, he was too too big for Bolton, you know? Mm. It, it sort of reminds me of, um, well, in a different position, but Van der Sar going Fulham and then coming United. You know, you're a certain level... you're not going to be there for that long so yeah he he went to Chelsea scored some wonder goals and yeah he played alongside Drogba for a bit like in that that season in 2010 when I think they had the most goals at the time under Carlo Ancelotti he scored 11 goals that season as well comparing what Drogba had as well so they were a lethal partnership yeah as a combination it was good yeah I think he scored seven in the Champions League as well so I mean yes it's not just about the stats on paper, it's his his pace, and then to to get older and sort of reinvent his game and be more of a link up man and you know his movement, his passing and movement, his finishing was ridiculous. Like he had a little shimmy to go around goalkeepers, which you know I, I love strikers who have a trademark finish. Like R nine, he could do a step over and then go around a goalkeeper. You know, like there's certain strikers, you know what they're going to do, but you can't stop it. And Nelka had a little dancey shimmy sort of thing to go around the goalkeeper and it was wicked. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's my my fourth pick um, for Premier League strikers, legend. And I think it was joint top scorer or top scorer in 2009 when Ronaldo had... Yeah. Uh, he rather beat Ronaldo by one goal or he was joint top scorer of Ronaldo in 2009 as well, which was crazy yeah. to see. And um, for anyone who wants to listen to more about Nicholas and Elka, MJ has a very good podcast on overrated and underrated on his podcast about if Nicholas Nelka was overrated or underrated. And we won't ask MJ because we are plugging his podcast. So if anyone wants to listen Thank to you that, that, no, you're very welcome. It's actually a very good episode. It's one of my favorites. Um, you did one on Diego Forlan as well. Which is yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Well, which needs to be done um, as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was your number four. My number four, um, plain and simple. Um, Sergio Aguero. I've got to put Sergio Aguero at number four for me. He was extraordinary beyond belief. And he was someone who probably gave one of the greatest Premier League moments of all time. I'm still of the bias. It's not really a bias, but I think Leicester winning the Premier League is the greatest Premier League moment of all time because 
it just never happened. No one ever thought about it. But because it's happened, people have kind of watered it down because it's actually happened. But Sergio Guerra, no doubt, the greatest moment for a goal scorer could easily and arguably be when Sergio Guerra scored that winning goal against QPR. Um, heartbreak in my in my mind. I was a uh, a young thug at the time. It wasn't a thug at all. Um, but I was a, I was a young man at the time, thinking, "Oh yeah, football's over because Man City are here." And I might be right, I might be wrong, but Man City at the time was Man City. I thought they were a different level completely. Jeco, Tevez, Balotelli, Aguero as your front four attacking players that you had. They were fantastic to watch. And when Man United, who did we have them? Chicharito, Welbeck, Rooney. Dimitar Berbatov, Michael Owen. So it was only when a certain RVB came in when we had leveled the playing field and exceeded the playing field at the time, which is really good to kind of see as well. Um, but yeah, Sergio Aguero, multiple Premier League winner. There was, I think it's like six or seven times he scored more than 20 goals in the season. Um, must have been six times I think he scored more than that as well. Premier League's won five. Golden Boot winner only once as well. And as Danny said earlier in the podcast as well, plagued by injuries I mean you would kind of imagine how scary even more scary how even more scary Sergio Aguero could have been without these long-standing injuries that he had as well and even with the way that when Pep Guardiola came in and changed the way that they played completely he wasn't always the first name on the team sheet as a Man United fan I love that personally but from an objective point of view it weren't great because you're kind of thinking he's kind of being pushed out to the side because of the way Man City are kind of playing and when he moved to Barcelona, I was kind of excited, to be fair. But obviously, because of the whole um, heart situation that he had as well, he couldn't really be playing professional football, which is really sad to see. I wanted to see that lease of life somewhere else in, in Europe as well. I thought he would have done a really good job um, for Barcelona when it came about. But wasn't the case, I'm afraid. But no, I've got to respect Sergio Aguero. I don't particularly like him, obviously, being a Manchester City player. But you can't ignore the fact that he was one of the most amazing strikers England's ever had um, as a foreign player, I would say. So yeah, England. He's only still thirty-four to this day. Mm. You think Same about someone played till 38, 39, Like we mentioned, Jermaine Defoe earlier. Like if you just give him that, gave him those few more years of actual healthy legs, rather than being in this pet roulette system and this system of oh, I'm going to be injured for six, seven weeks, and you've got to and you bring in Gabby Jesus and he does all that. So yeah, no, top baller, top stuff. Playing pickup in Miami as well, so it's good to see him still playing football at a level where he can still enjoy it, which is really good to see. So, um, yeah, Sergio Aguero, you're my number four, which is ironic because he scored a ninety plus four um, for Manchester City. So, yeah, happily put there. We're in our top threes now, which is quite fun to see. So, uh, MJ, we'll start with you as your number three. I'd like to see who you've got starting off. So, I'm looking forward to seeing if you've got a certain. Frenchman in there, a certain Newcastle man in there, or if you've got a wild card in there, let's see who you've got. Yeah, definitely got a little wild card, but I'm sure it's probably like obvious, like from the names that's left that's not been mentioned. Uh, probably everyone's top three, to be fair. But yes, yeah, squeaky bomb time. So with this one, I'm going to go for Mr. Sergio Aguero. Uh, yeah, like what Hams was saying, there's nothing you can, I can't really add anything on today. Top class striker, obviously. Probably gave the Premier League their best moment, even though I do think that, guys, listeners, if you don't know, yeah, 1989, Anfield, Arsenal had to go to Liverpool, win by two clear goals to win the league. It's the equivalent of now having to go to Man City and win 2-0 to win the league. And we've done that and we scored the goal in the last minute as well, similar to Aguero. Obviously, football didn't exist before the Premier League, so no one talks about it. But that did happen a couple of years before the Premier League started. But yeah, no, as Premier League era, definitely Aguero up there. I think 
if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, I do apologize, but I think he's fourth on the all time list for scoring mm-hmm. goals. Fifth. Sorry, I think Kane overtook him, didn't he? Yeah. And he's fifth, mm-hmm. he's fifth there. And yeah, he was just a class striker banging in goals every uh, every season for City. Doesn't matter what type of goal, no backlift as well. He loved those ones. No backlift, just roof it, top corner. Yeah, Gray was just a class class striker. Amazing striker to kind of see and kind of appreciate as well because there's so mm. much you can kind of look at and learn from from a coaching perspective to kind of teach people about how good Sergio Guerra really is as a striker. His movement, his little body feints and everything like that. Same with kind of a Nicholas and Elk, like we mentioned as well. So really mm. good people that you can kind of learn from at this point in time. And I personally uh, blame Pep as well for his heart condition though because Pep tried to make him start pressing and doing all this madness. But yeah, that's my... Controversial answer. shout. Controversial but... shout, yeah, sorry. No, you know, but... Yeah, I'll I'll you, I don't mind. Let Aguero be Aguero. That's what I mean. It's kind of what Stormzy said about Ronaldo. Let the goats be the goats. Let, 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 yeah. let, let, let Aguero be Aguero. That's what you get in Sergio Aguero. He would have done so much more as well if he could, if he was able to carry on, but not the case. Uh, Zim, exactly. who have you got as your number three? No one currently. Um, I'm thinking about <laughs> basically. <laughs> Uh, you know when you get to top three and you're like, right, there's not enough space left. <laughs> you know when you're like, oh, man, but I don't want to just do uh, honourable mention sort of thing. Um, I'm so leaving I'm my cons- honourable mentions to one. I want to give a suspense for okay. the and the listeners. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is... It's not my- Lukaku, by the way. Oh, definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> some of my honor- honourable mentions would actually fit above like some of the people who I've listed already. But anyway, too, yeah, that's the thing. It's an awkward one. But anyway, I'll still just put them as honourable mention, so it's a bit unfortunate for them. Mm. Um, I don't want to do what everyone else is doing, but like, yeah, no, do you know what? Bunny. No, you have to, Zim. No, I don't have to do what everyone else has done. So, Carlos gonna... Tevez. No, nah, no, nah, he wasn't going to be. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going to go for, for Andy Cole. Um, and yeah, I know everyone, quite, quite a few, you lot put him like a bit like lower down, mm. but yeah, my argument has always been like, okay, he didn't take penalties and the amount of goals that he scored and, you know, the fact that he was top scorer on multiple seasons in the Premier League. And I just think he was ahead of his time as a striker as well. Like, um, you know, all types of finishes. He loved a cheeky, like, volley lob or like a half volley lob. Um, Against you know, Spurs as well. Yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd always... I, I love the way he brought that down and, like, it seemed like it was out of his ball control. But then, you know, he still found a way to finish it. Um, his movement, you know, with the White York was incredible. Um, like, yeah, it, obviously out of those two, he got more goals. He was in a Premier League for longer. Different players. Um, to be honest, yeah, Dwight York was my honourable mention. I would have put him uh, like fourth, but or like just behind Andy Cole. But yeah, I'm happy with where Anelka is. Um, misunderstood. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you, you could say that. He, no, he no, was def- like Anelka misunderstood is the name of his Netflix show. Mm. The film. Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry, I was just completing the sentence. But yeah, that's another one with a Netflix show as well. If you want to watch Nicholas and Elka on Netflix. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no. And Andy Cole, um, could go in behind. Could you know link up? Like his link up was underrated. Um. And yeah, he didn't get much of a chance for England either. So, to be honest, as a Man United fan, like I know a lot of our players kind of got <laughs> overlooked at England. Um, so we don't really like England for that. But 
Uh, yeah, England's Cole, pain was Man United's gain. That's all I'm saying. I'm happy with it. I love the rhyming scheme still. Um, but yeah, Andy Cole, number three for me. Fantastic. Um, Danny, who's your number three? And more importantly, your <laughs> worst number three, because I'm looking forward to seeing if we've got um, David Bellion at number three. For my <laughs> so with my number three, yeah, and I've been dreading it. I was hoping someone else would be in a similar, similar situation to where I am with it because I'm going to have to talk about it. I could have just been like, oh, yeah, thank you, Hams, MJ, for talking about that player. Here's my number three. Yeah. If I don't put this player in my list, <laughs> it gets noticed, yeah? But I have never personally sat down and been like, oh, I'm going to watch this player's highlights or I'm going to watch this player's this, that, the other. Oh, yeah, I know who it is, yeah. So for me, because first of all, when I've seen his highlights and his things, I think he's been boring. And I will openly say that. I think he's just Same. a boring player. Same. I think he's about as bland as his haircut. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, Daddy. Yes. Talk he, may, he may have the most goals in Premier League history. Yeah. Someone had to say this. Someone had to say this. But I think I'm he's saying. just such a boring player. And I think, like, yeah, like I grew up in the age of FIFA and I grew up in the age of watching players through through highlights. And, and so I haven't seen him play. And I've been told, oh, yeah, he, he could score from any distance, any shot, and he always threw his hand up in the air. But I just, I don't rate him, but I have to put him here. Otherwise, I, I, it's a travesty. You don't it's have Alan to. Shearer. It's Alan Shearer. No, I think I have to. I think I have to. My list it's is my number three certified. as well. My list is certified. Oh, thank you, Ham. Right, cool. I'm a little bit more. The, the worst celebration ever, but it's iconic, to be fair. You know what I mean, it's like his it's own way. It's a yeah. year six disco celebration. <laughs> he just found out that his crush likes him. He's just running around. Yay! Do you know what I mean? But Alan Shearer, number three. But look, let's talk about the real number three in the room, okay? That's what we're yeah. here for. That's what we're here for. He could go down as Wigan's best striker of all time. What? But unfortunately, he goes down on this list as the worst striker of all time for Wigan. It's Hugo Rodiega. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Get on the list at number three. I've never seen such a lanky... You know the... um, oh, what What creature is it from... From Men in Black, you know that yeah, the alien <laughs> Men in Black, yeah. I, I don't even know. It's like an alien Men in Black. Looks like a stick insect. Hugo <laughs> get on number, get on my list. as number three, and there's still two more to come. So you think about Hugo Rodriguez. If you think, oh, what a what a washed guy, yeah. There are still two more players to come, and one of them is a Man United legend. So we have to come up with this one. Oh what? God, now I'm looking forward to this Man United one. People, if you're not listening legend. to this, you're not looking forward to this Man United legend. I'm pretty sure I know who it is. I might write it down on the piece of paper and show it to you all on the video later because I'm that confident. I think I know who it is. Um, but yeah, Hugo Rodriguez, man. I mean, people forget he was this. He was is is this Wigan kind of guy, and he went to Fulham as well. We didn't do great at Fulham, but four point five million. I know we only scored like twenty goals in hundred games, but number three, I think he. I think he's that bad, though. To be I fair, I think he was that bad. I, t- I took into a lot of things into consideration when I was doing it. Number one was definitely haircut. Oh, okay. Uh, number two was <laughs> just uh, street. The streets never forget value. Mm. When you when you you haven't got a little kid in the moment like going around, you know, you mentioned earlier, Aguero or like shouting out rude. No one shouting Rodriguez in the streets of Wigan. Or in I mean? Colombia. <laughs> or in Colombia. No one Absolutely. wanted that in Colombia. You know I mean. Colombia trying to pay him off as Ecuadorian, yeah. Just be like, look, <laughs> don't, do another, <laughs> don't do another South American country, man. But uh, yeah, Hugo Rodriguez number three, but Alan Shearer number three. 
They should probably be swapped. Alan Shearer should be on the worst top 10 strikers of all time. Why? Why? Hugo, Hugo Rodriguez is the top three strikers of all time. That's what I want in this. Oh, in my this days. Oh, my, my chest can't take it any longer. This is mad. Just, this is, this is mad. Alan Shearer, just, I've, I've never seen, we've got Zim, we've got a guy called Zim in the chat. I've never seen zero Zim in someone before. <laughs> People talk no. about Riz these days. There's no Zim in, in Alan Shearer. You know all. what I mean? Like, no, no movement in the hips. Do you know what I mean? He's like a monster. Do you know what I mean? He couldn't swivel in a box like Ian Wright could and, and poach it in. He couldn't swivel and get that. You know, if any ball goes a little bit faster than him, yeah, he's, oh, I'll get the next one. Hand up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'll get, oh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Good idea. Good idea. <laughs> but it's just Hilarious. the fact that people hounded it. I mean, and he's like, people have got tattoos of him. People have got like do you know revered I mean? as God in Newcastle. Him and Kevin Keegan, either one of them. I was, I was, God. I was living in Newcastle in Geordieland for a year. Like, really? I got a soft spot for Geordieland as well now. Um, mm. Beforehand, I didn't really like it, but um, yeah, like literally, we come out of the station, uh, St James's Park. His statues there. Um, they've got like a hall, hall of fame walk on the floor. His his name, Sir Bobby Robson as well. Um, yeah, man, he's loved like yeah, literally he's got there to the to the Geordies and that. So yeah, I do respect him in that sense, but as as Danny's alluded to, he's just bland. Washed. Honestly, man. It's insane. It's so mad. MJ, have you got anything positive to talk about with Alan Shearer? Maybe you remember him when he was at Blackburn, maybe, and how he won the league with them with Chris Sutton. Anything positive at all? Uh, yeah, no, you know what? Shearer, he's a class striker. Yeah, at Blackburn, he did have... <clears throat> he was more explosive at Blackburn. He had pace. He could play the ball over the top and he'll run onto it, finish it, chip, lob, one-on-one, smash it. He's just one of those guys, like, once he gets in front of goal, invariably he's going to score and he's not going to miss. I think that's what we need to see now. Uh, highlight compilation of Alan Shearer at Blackburn Rovers. Not yeah, watch the Blackburn. Oh, yeah, watch the Blackburn, definitely. Because again, he was someone that I think he was revered as like England's number one striker, wasn't he? We've gone through this a lot today in terms of England strikers, um, but I think he was like the first choice, wasn't he? Like you said, MJ, uh, 98 and then 2000. And you were 96 kind of, as well. 96 was the big one, the home tournament as well. Because he was the top goal scorer in that tournament. So that's what that's. And then he finished second in the Ballon d'Or that year. Wow. See, that's yeah, something I didn't Ronaldo. know about. Because he scored 30. Yeah, slow year, just throwing that one out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Ronaldo at what Barcelona and then yeah. um, Alan Shearer at Blackburn Rovers scoring 31 yeah. goals in imagine but it's more for way done in the Euros table. isn't it mm. imagine them at the same dinner table having a conversation imagine, imagine that no, he, he is a legend though like, I, like people know him in world football it's just his playing style just it just wasn't it wasn't it for me it just just wasn't it which is fair enough everyone has their preferences he, he could never be a man so, yeah. There's probably someone listening to this thinking it's going to go somewhere like Alan Shearer is their number one. Can you imagine? They're having a heart attack right now. And then, and they're not Newcastle fans as well. They're like Alan mm. Shearer has got to be my number one. <laughs> what accent was that? As my attempt of a Northern accent, not a Geordie one. Not but like, Alan, Alan Shearer. It sounded better in your head, didn't it, Hems? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do a different accent next time. I have to practice it beforehand. Um, By I'm on. Why I? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't do a Geordie accent. You, you to save my life. You castle. You castle. I do send apologies to Newcastle listeners, though. The listeners from Newcastle, we do apologize that I tap. Do you know? Do you know what? Do you know, accents from our southern softies. 
Do you know what? My boss is from Newcastle as well, so be careful. Not looking, not looking forward to the conversation. Don't show them this weekend. episode. They won't hear I, it. They won't hear it. I'll just stop. I'll make sure it isn't on there as well. Um, but no, that's all of our top three. So I'm looking forward to seeing who we've got in our top two. Specifically, Danny, we'll go with you. Because again, I said I said Alan Shearer. You said Alan Shearer. Zim, who did you say is number three? Um, Andy Cole. Andy Cole and MJ, who did you say is number Aguero. three? Aguero. Aguero as well. Fantastic. So we are in our top two. Um, Danny, I'm going to go with you for number two because I do want to end with you as your number one and your number one worst pick. So you can start off this round with number two. If Thank you. Now, number five on Hamza's list, uh, currently non-existent on Zim's list, uh, number four on MJ's list. It's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. Didier Drogba, my number two. Um, for me, one of the best players in, in Premier League history, not even just as a striker. Um, I loved his game style. I loved what he did for Chelsea. Um, as I said, all of his other attributes as well. That that All the goals in, in the Champions League, obviously we're not talking about Champions League today, but just you've got to include those in terms of how good he was as a striker. Um, and yeah, and we, won't, and we won't see another, I don't think we'll see another player like, Drogba again in terms of every Premier League striker now has to be so fast that they can beat a lion and they can get past and they can't really just use their brute strength to to get in the way of it some have said that that Haaland is just a, is a similar player and style of it but just a, just a faster player than Drogba was and I, I believe that but you know a, a clinical striker like Drogba and he said you've got the free kicks everything everything well-rounded doesn't get to my number one spot We'll come on to that, but Didier Drogba, number two. And my number two worst <laughs> Premier League... And this is where it gets really interesting, yeah? <laughs> this one was actually mentioned to me. So I did this list at uh, uh, lunch period this week with a few friends in a, in a group chat. I said, look, I know I'm going to be on the podcast and this is something that's going to come up. And one player was brought up, yeah? Southampton legend, some might say. MJ smiling, he knows who it is. I think it could be a couple of players, but yeah, I think I know you might be talking about. Legend. So good that he only's got three letters in his first name and his surname. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, bro. I use this guy for a certain thing that I do. Ali Dia. Come on now. You cannot claim you are someone's cousin. (laughs) He's not even a footballer, though, Danny. But Danny, technically, he's not even a footballer. I'm going to start sending out cold emails, yeah? Yep. So maybe like the, the Dubai League or the Chinese League saying that I am a derivative of Paul Scholes, yeah? And I'm going to see how far I get with it before they find out that I am... Just, you know I mean? How in oh God given earth, in the, in the world of 419 and the world of Spanning, <laughs> yeah, that you can get away with something like that. And then the idiots over at Southampton... Let's <laughs> have, have a go at Pogba, yeah? You want to call that Pogba? Look how much of an idiot he is. Oh, my goodness me. Uh, oh yeah, God. no, Ali Dia is my number two worst player of all time in, in, in a striker position. Uh, self-explanatory. Danny, do you know the full story behind it? I've I've heard so many different variations of it. I probably do not know the full story behind it. If you've got right. it, you give it. So <laughs> this guy, yeah, spam called um, Southampton. He's, apparently he was George Ware and he spoke to Graham Souness. Graham Souness fell for it and thought it was George Ware. And the guy said, yeah, I've got my cousin. My younger cousin plays football. His name is Ali Dia. So Graham Sinners was like, oh, great. You know what? Bring him down for a trial. We'll play him. And then what happens? He comes down. Uh, he doesn't do a training session. Sinners puts him straight on the bench for a Premier League game. Brings him on after five minutes. He's like, what the hell is this? He's not a professional football player. And he drags him back off again. 
Legit. Legit, bro. Check it out. It's there. Good story. And that, this oh. is why I'll never rate Graham Sunes at anything he talks about from that point on as well. Bro, this is why I can't hear him when he's talking about anyone, when he's talking about Grealish, Pogba, when he's talking about Man United players, when he's talking about respecting the badge or the nation, whatever he talks about, it's complete trash because this mm-hmm. is the guy, this is the Premier League manager who is like, that is related to George Weah. I'll give him a go. He's yeah. on the bench. Just give him a free contract. <laughs> oh, I, my I, tr- I, trust, I trust the phone call in this day and age. <laughs> technology was that. evolving. And it's again, 96, 97. Technology was still a big thing at the time evolving. Graham Sooners. No, nah, let's not put you on for training. Let's not put you on for a two, three-week trial or a month trial. You know what we'll do? Put you on the bench. Put you in the game. Play you in the game. See how you play. So, yeah, I can't hear Sunes anymore. It's the biggest heist in Premier League history, in my opinion, as well. He just It's like, you know, when you watch these Nico or Milano videos as well? It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, put, yeah. I put this uh, photo in the room. <laughs> yeah. Ali D at the time was the original. Uh, he then said, McDonald's. I'm going to become a Premier League footballer. <laughs> Yeah. And he prank called Graham Sunas and oh man, oh, mate, that's done so dirty. Yeah. I, that needs to be a more popular story. I think I've heard it, but like, like the fact that Sunas is on Talk Sport and gets Thank all you. these talking jobs, I'm like, why is he talking for? He needs to close his mouth. Like he needs to. He, to he just has quiet. that agenda against Ali D. He doesn't get, want to Thank get robbed you. of anyone ever again. But he still yeah. doesn't do his research. No, maybe he thought it was Ali uh, Dai, the one, the Iranian football player. Um, top, like, I think he was the top international goal Maybe, yeah. before Ronaldo, Ronaldo took over him. <laughs> yeah, you're right. What a guy he is. Shout out to our Iranian followers. I think we've got like 2% of our listeners from Iran, so nicely done there. Um, escape your escape your war that you're in as well. With your, there's a little civil war in Iran as well, but I don't want to talk about that now. Um, but you know, Danny, thank you for bringing out Ali. Dude. That's, that's the name I haven't heard in a long, long time. So shout out for that. And thank you, MJ, for telling us about um, the story wait, as well. Right, you wait till I finish on my number one. Let's <laughs> you're gonna want. Yeah, I need to hear number one. If Diaz number two, I need to hear number one. Yeah, it's got to be someone special for number one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, MJ, talk to us. Number two, who have you got? <laughs> right, this guy. Yeah, uh, we just spoke about him as well. So number two, I've got Alan Shearer in it. Uh, I don't think you can't have a. A top list without having Alan Shearer's name on there, and it was just about it was just more about where am I going to put him, and I put him at number two. Number two, nicely done, Zim. Number two for you. Uh, my number two is uh, is Titi Henry. Um, Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's most people. Number two though. No, nah, yeah, it's number two. It's my list, isn't it? It's my if, list. Uh, if anyone hasn't figured out by now, Zim is not an Arsenal fan. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't sure before that, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, but like he, he could do everything, and you know, given that um, ice cool, you know, don't need to say more. But yeah, number two, that's a great position. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> you don't, bro. You don't sound. You don't sound convinced, though. No, nah, I am. Like, there's a lot of people that I've left out. He's my number two. Like, so he should, he should be grateful. The you thing is, I mean? the thing is, Sean, his co-host um, on Away Games podcast, will be seething when he listens to this as well with the choices that you made, Zim. And he I'm all here for it. This will be fantastic when you get the reaction from him as well. He needs to share it with us on the group. It'll be so funny listening back and he'll be like, you put Thierry at number two? Are you insane? That's going to be so funny. I need that that live reaction of him listening to this. So, so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, Thierry Henry at number two. Um, he's not my number two. My number two is someone who 
I know we talked about at the beginning of it being a number 10 and a number 9, but we have seen this guy play more as a number 9 um, in his peak than we have seen him as a number 10. And Danny's shaking his head, but I'm looking at it thinking, this guy has played as a winger, he's played as a midfielder, he's played as a number 10, he's played as a striker. And he has, he has, he's played all around. So if I was to say he's in my strikers list, it's because I know for a fact I wouldn't put him in my uh, attacking midfielders or number 10s list or wingers list because he has played all around um, the park. He's a, probably one of the best utility players to ever play the game of football. Mm, uh, my footballing hero. It's the reason I'm wearing this shirt because he scored one of the best goals in Premier League history against Manchester City, an overhead kick with this shirt on. And it's got to be, yeah, people will be like, you're a fraud, Hamza, for leaving all these number 10s out. But Wayne Rooney, he wore number 10, but he played as a number nine for a good number of years as well. So Wayne Rooney is number two for me. Go on, Danny, retort. He's a 10. He's He's played as a nine for a long number of period, a long time as well. Prime Rooney was his early Rooney years. And MJ will say the same. Zim will say the same. Him at Everton, his first years at Manchester United. That's when, you know, when people see that that picture of him against Hull City with with a skinhead, they're like, bold Rooney was immense. He wasn't immense. Young Rooney was immense. Young Rooney was yeah. the dog. He was the one that was going into tackles two-footed and getting away with it, then abusing the referee. He was the one that was scoring on his debut against Arsenal, against prime David Seaman after the World Cup as well. Zim, um, talk to me about Wayne Rooney, because for me as a Man United fan, again, he was just that kind of guy that I needed to put in this team as a striker, because as a striker, he could finish any type of goal. So you know how I put Vanister at number 10? I got to put Rooney at number two because he is our greatest ever goal scorer. He's England's greatest ever goal scorer. And there's only so much I can say about him without getting um, a bit lighthearted because I love I love the guy. Or welling up. Yeah, that is good, good, good balance. Um, <laughs> you know, had to, you know, Danny's make so annoyed at me. I've never seen Danny annoyed at me in my life. So this is the change change of experience. I'm not, I'm not annoyed. I'm not annoyed. I'm upset. I'm upset. I had to make up for Van Nistelrooy being number 10. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, like literally everything what you said plus more um i idolized him like for a good good period of like my, my upbringing you know there were so many footballs i look, looked up to and for him to be you know my my idol for a long period of time it's it's, it's saying something yeah the passion you know the way that you'd want to play on the playground you'd see him on a pitch and just try to emulate it he was a nutter but he was a nutter with with some focus on the pitch you know because if he wasn't playing football, then God knows what he'd be doing on the street. But oh my yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, now big up, big up, Wayne. Good choice, good choice, Hamza. MJ just said Granny in there, so I did not expect that. But oh my God, that was just yeah, he'll, he'll be helping Granny's cross the road, innit? He would be helping the elderly. That's what Rooney does. He's, he's yeah, a nice sure. man. He's a community man. That's what he would have done. But no, the reason I say he's a number nine is because there's definitive ways in how he actually played. So. Um, I'll give you all an example, and I'm sure uh, Zim will know, and MJ may remind us as well. In 2007, when we got rid of Ruud van Nistelrooy, right, we had a front three of Ryan Giggs, Wayne Rooney, and Cristiano Ronaldo, and then we would rotate with Luis Saha, uh, Partey Sung as well. They would be our kind of attack for the season. It was still the time when we were only allowed five subs in the Premier League as well. So Wayne Rooney was our main focal point as a number nine. That was when you saw uh, young Rooney and young Ronaldo come into their own because. Uh, Ruben and Israel kind of gone. We could play a, a counter attack inside of football, fast flowing and free flowing as well. We then win the league. Go on to 2008. Who's our number nine at the time? Still Wayne Rooney with Ronaldo on the right, Ryan Giggs or Pachi Sung or Nani on the left, and Carlos Tevez uh, rotating from a 4 3 3 or a 4 4 2. And when it was a 4 4 2, who's up front? Wayne Rooney and Carlos Tevez. 
and Tevez would drop back occasionally, Rooney would drop back occasionally, they were both pressed in the front. Then when um, and then we won the league and the Champions League, then we had another season as well, uh, when Rooney, um, admittedly, is more Ronaldo staying forward. So when players were dropping back, Rooney would be the one to drop back. He'd leave Ronaldo up front because it'd be like Dimitar, Berbatov and Ronaldo staying up front, but Rooney would trap back, Park would trap back. That'd be the kind of way that we were playing. And then Ronaldo leaves, then Carlos Tevez leaves as well. And then this is when we go to a 4-3-3 counter-attacking style of play because we didn't have that firepower that we once was. We had Michael Owen, wasn't reliable. Not really the best of seasons from Dimitar Berbatov's one. But this is when Rooney was... Probably my favourite version of Wayne Rooney was a 2010 version of Wayne Rooney when it was Gisun Park, Nani, Antonio Valencia as the wingers. Um, and then you'd have Wayne Rooney as the focal point, the number nine. This is what happens when Rain, Wayne Rooney is the main man of a team. 32 games in the Premier League, 26 goals, injured at the end of the season, had a crap World Cup because he came back from injuries um, a bit too early, in my opinion, as well. And Fabio Capello wasn't a great England manager um, as well. And then it goes on to 2011 when we have him in and out the team, the whole I want to leave Man United thing. And then it goes to 2012 where, once again, he's our main striker. We have a rotation of Javier Hernandez, Dimitar Berbatov, Danny Welbeck, Michael Owen. But Wayne Rooney was our focal point because we had Ashley Young on the left, Nani on the right, or Valencia on the right. And again, 34 games, 27 goals. So when Wayne Rooney is the number nine striker, he's not scoring 12 goals, not scoring 14 goals, not scoring 16. 16. He's getting the 20s. He's getting the mid-20s and above 20s. So he's doing that and he's competing for top goalscorer in the Premier League. That's why I'll, I'll always say Wayne Rooney is a number nine. If he wasn't a selfless player, he could have been way more. He would have been regarded as a much better player because he wanted to play for the team. He wanted to give everything for the team. His utility kind of hindered him but it improved our team if you know what I mean he did everything for the team and not for him so Wayne Rooney number two at number but Hams imagine that though you're saying they could be a lot more selfish but it's still the record goal score for United and England mm-hmm. exactly it goes to show how much he actually put into the game and how much he actually put in from a young age as well and how yeah. well he was looked after from Sir Alex Ferguson's point of view as well and Man United's point of view um, as well especially with that metatarsal break in 2006 but yeah that's my argument for Wayne Rooney as a number nine. So yeah, number two, Wayne Rooney for me. MJ, talk to us about your number one. I think it's obvious, isn't it? It has to be obvious, right? It has to be. It's rather room. Uh, no, yeah, I just think that, obviously, seeing him transition to the Premier League, at first he did struggle, found it hard to score goals, but then once he scored his first goal against Southampton, that was it. He went, and then I think he's, like, I think he's the only player to score like 30 successive Premier League goals for five years in a row. I think he won four golden boots in a row. It was 20 plus. That was 20 plus. Sorry. Sorry. 20 plus goals for five years in a row. I think he won maybe three or four golden boots in a row. There's no one that needs to be said to me, honest. And for me, the word, the reason why he's above Shearer is obvious. It's just my personal preference. I just think that he's a better all round striker than Shearer, even though Shearer is a more, probably maybe more of a clinical finisher, but Henri is think just a better all round striker. And yeah, for me, there's no more superlatives to add to Henri. Thierry Henry is my, his my, I don't know how, how I can explain it. I've explained it once before in terms of um, when, you're, when you're kind of a kid and then you're just like watching these plays and you just don't want them to play. You just never want to see them play against your team because you just hate it because you know they're going to tear you apart. And Thierry Henry did. He did it uh, in the Invincible season. He did it pre- previously as well. He moved from a winger position to a striking position as well. Arsene Wenger did very well to transition him 
Because as Zim said before, you had Nicholas and Elka at the time as well. And I think he left and then Respect you got Henri. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, apparently, according to Wenger, he wanted to play Henri and Elka together. But obviously, Elka wanted to go to Real Madrid. So that would have been that never nuts. happened. Oh, that, that would have been Because that's, that's how you ended up signing Sylvain Wiltord as well. And then he yeah. played as a winger for you as well. Yeah. Forward, mm-hmm. but, Not quite um, the same. But... No, nah, definitely the same. But <laughs> it would have been insane to see Elka and Henri. Because we saw them for France, Imagine. but we never saw them for uh, Arsenal in the Premier League. That would have been different levels. But... Again, five seasons, I think it's, yeah, five seasons consecutively scoring over 20 goals a season. The Invincible won 37 games, uh, 30 goals as well. Insane numbers to put up. And I think he just inspired a generation, to be fair. He also um, hijacked a whole generation of Arsenal fans as well and, and hyped them up thinking Arsenal was going to be great. And then he left, what, three seasons later and then they weren't great. So I, I appreciate that. So if my young cousin <laughs> Adam is listening to this and your dad's going on about Thierry Henry. He's great, is amazing, but you never got to see him play, which is funny for me. So I'm really happy that you're an Arsenal fan now and I can tease you all the time, um, which is good fun. But Thierry Henry is my number one as well. I couldn't look past him. I couldn't even be that biased to put Wayne Rooney over um, Thierry Henry because I thought he was just, he was magic on a football pitch. He was fantastic to watch. He was someone you could really enjoy. You could enjoy now. You could appreciate what he actually did for the game as, again, another one of these foreign players coming in. There's another certain Frenchman that I mentioned on our number 10s list that was a foreign player coming in and transcended football in terms of how he played the game and what he did for a um, variety of, of, of nations as well going forward. But um, I just really enjoyed watching Sierra and Rio. I thought he's it it, one of those where you're looking at superheroes in Marvel films and DC films. I think he was a superhero on the pitch for a lot of people as well. The way he would run so fast, the way he had the strength, the way he didn't even look like he was built, but he had that uh, muscle strength to hold off two, three defenders at the same time. And then there's that iconic picture as well of Thierry Henry knee sliding against Spurs um, at Highbury as well. And I think Highbury was his fortress. He wasn't the same, obviously, when you moved to the Emirates. No one really was, but um, it just goes to show how well Thierry Henry did as a football player for Arsenal. And what a fantastic player he was indeed. Um, yeah, my number one, MJ's number one. Zim, who's your number one? I'm intrigued because you've got Thierry Henry at number two. Who have we got? Told you, I got a poker face. Always keeping them guessing. Mm. I feel like <laughs> it's so. Easy. I'm, I'm really happy that you kept these glasses on for this whole time. So fair play to you as well. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um. Well, mine's already been said. I didn't really want to <laughs> go too much in on him. Um, at the time because I knew it was going to be my number one. But my number one. Um, as I said, he he was my footballing idol growing up. So it is Wayne Rooney. And um, yeah, it's you know, I think. The fact that he was so good in the multiple positions is what makes people think of him as a number 10. Because as I said numerous times already in this episode, um, I'm choosing like my best strikers. And when I think of strikers, it's yeah, people in the players in a forward position, you know, who are obviously good at striking the ball, but are just great footballers overall. And when you think about a number 10, it's normally like the best overall player, the one that can, you know, thread like, you know, the knots and all of that sort of stuff. Um, really could do that, but, you know, he could, he was aggressive as well. He could strike a ball as hard and, and as accurate from as far a distance as, you know, you could think of. He could do like, you know, halfway line shots like over the keeper or like as a volley like he did against West Ham. Like, for someone so physical and someone who was such a brute, he was such a technically gifted player from young as well. And one thing that I definitely want him to be 
known for it, right? It's easy to be an, a wonder kid, break through and everyone's hyping you, but it's not easy to maintain that. You know, we talk about many wonder kids. We mentioned Walker. We mentioned like other players, right? Michael Owen. Their star, yeah, their star doesn't, it doesn't last that long. And even though he got an injury, like a severe mess metatarsal injury people didn't even know what a metatarsal was before here because it was like such a big deal he still managed to go on and still break records like for England Man United like the biggest establishment in England and for England you know themselves so kudos to him like you know he's 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 broken records he's trailblazed so for me yeah Wayne, Wayne Rooney man and he's had some of my favorite moments like the goal against Newcastle Obviously, the goal against Man City. Um, yeah, like even the goal at, at Everton. Like it was just, it was a joy to to see someone that young break through and just like take everything by the scrap. He had defenders afraid at 16. What's that? What is that? You know. So yeah, no, he definitely was a striker. He's just he was good at doing everything. So it's easy to see of him as a number 10. But in reality, although I say he's very technically gifted, like I I don't think he's more suited as a number 10 I think number 10s are more like slightly build like their physicality shouldn't be the thing that gets them through um, it should just be purely on their touch I think he was more uh, of of a bags man more of a like overall physical player who had that technique as well so I, I think um, yeah he, he's my number one striker for sure well put well said um, this also begs, brings a question, well, not a question, it's a problem for us. Them. So when we do come for round two and we do attacking midfielders, we can't pick Wayne Rooney. So we have to pick yeah, that's fine. as well. So I'm happy with him as my number nine, Wayne Rooney, um, yeah. up there as well. Also, just a quick one. I, we, we didn't, when he was playing, it wasn't really a 4 2 3 1 sort of system as well. Like he mm. typically did play as a as a striker, it was like a 4 4 2 sort of thing. So yeah, I, yeah it's not, yeah, no big deal. Um, before we go on to Danny's fantastic final claim of best striker and worst striker ever, I'm going to give everyone the opportunity to just throw out a few honourable mentions as well. I think I'll start. Um, Jamie Vardy, I think he has to get recognised for what he's done in the Premier League. He may not be one of the best of the top goal scorers or whatever it was, but 128 yeah. goals in the Premier League as well, yes. 263 games, Premier League winner for what he did in that Leicester season. True, has true. to get recognised. Uh, Teddy yeah, Sheringham yeah. has to get recognised. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if anyone put them in their top ten, but he has to get recognised yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, last one from me, probably a bit of a bias there. I'd probably no. We mentioned Fowler. We mentioned Dwight York. Probably, probably Diego Costa, Carlos Tevez, Romelu yeah. Lukaku. Nah, I'm not. I'm no, 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 no. Diego Costa, Les, Les Ferdinand. That's the one I wanted. To yeah, yeah, Ferdinand, Ferdinand. Yeah, yeah, I was just yeah. rolling off the top of my head. I'm trying to think. Yeah, me for a second, hands. Les Ferdinand. Shout out to Les Ferdinand because, again, he was someone that, as you're kind of growing up, you kind of understand a bit more about how he did, especially for his Newcastle days. And as MJ has pointed out very well on a lot of his people that has got um, people who broke the 100 club in the Premier League, and Les Ferdinand was one goal shy of 150 goals in the Premier League mm. of 350 games um, in the Premier League as well. So goes to show that he's actually done very well for himself. So shout out Les Ferdinand, shout out Teddy Sheringham and um, Jamie Vardy as well. Got to shout him out as well. Um, anyone else who wants to go for another shout out? Who have we missed? I'll go give a shout out to Robbie Keane. Sorry, Danny, go on. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to Robbie Keane. West Ham legend. What? Yeah. <laughs> that one season, yeah, that West Ham. That Liverpool, that Liverpool that season as well. But he yeah. was everywhere, man. <laughs> Journeyman. 
Proper. Yes. Danny, who are you going for? Uh, I'm going for Fernando Torres. If you just look at his Liverpool career, mm. I think what he did for Liverpool, if he continued that form, then he would have been sensational. Um, I, I mean, we've spoken about Cantona being indifferent <coughs> in his position and and where he lies. Um, and also, in you know, honourable mentions for the worst player of, of all time, uh, you've got to look at Nicholas Bentner. <laughs> yeah. That's the Arsenal. That's Arsenal's rag. I thought you were going to put on your list instead of Shamak. So, <laughs> you've massive. got to look. You've got to look at uh, Romelu Lukaku. What? In terms of in terms of his uh, his last twelve months. <laughs> oh my god! I'm joking. I'm joking. Ah, uh, his West Brom days are good enough. You've got to look at Simone Zaza for West Ham. You know a, a few of these names. I think he was alright though. He was technical though. Technical, I just remember his penalty for Italy. <laughs> I want to. I want to go. I'm going to go look at the English dictionary and look at what technical is and, and see if someone's else's face turns up. Uh, nah, it's, again, we've mentioned it. Freddie Sears, what a legend that guy is. Any any other guys that you might mention? Well, Man United players for the moment because that's that's where my number one's coming from. But any other worst Premier League strikers of all time mentions? Um. I, I don't want to say a Man United striker, so I'm not going to say him. Um, so I'm going to go for a few that I've got. Yaya Sonogo, I think he was awful. Um, Arsenal yeah, player. I thought he wasn't very good um, going forward as well. We've mentioned a few. Connor Salmon, I thought he was crap at Wigan. So I thought he was, a, he was an awful player. Victor Anishibi, awful player. Yeah. Um, uh, there was one player, I don't know who it was. <clears throat> he played for Cardiff. He was, he was like their new kind of striker that they had. I think it was Cornelius, his name was. Yeah. And that one season. That, Cornelius. Yeah. I thought it was awful when he came. He didn't settle into Premier League. Um, Shevchenko. Shevchenko. Oh, that's a really good shout. Shevchenko just didn't do it at, at Chelsea as well. Van Wolfswinkle. Now, you know what? You know what? You know what? I think I've got one because you, you haven't got him on your list. Andy Carroll. What do you think? Well, for Liverpool. Liverpool. 35 million, that whole big transfer deadline day deal. I thought that was an awful deal, man. Yeah, that's still, but I, I wouldn't say his overall like goals to game ratio is that bad, like in mm. terms of all clubs that he's been at. So, because <clears throat> he, yeah. how did he do at West Ham, Danny, as a striker? He, he did really well. Um, mm. he, he was it was the West Ham playing style of let's just lob a ball into the tallest person possible and see what we do with it. Um, so and he scored a, a couple of really good goals. I think him and when he was playing in behind Dimitri Payet, I mean. I mean that man could create anything. He could make a case out of nothing. Do you know what I mean? He could. So he um he got some success there. But then, as everyone left and we started to play this on the ball, on the floor type of football, when it wasn't working and you got Jerry O'Brien trying to play through balls into him, it's uh it's never gonna it's never gonna work out. You have got Razvan Rat trying to play one twos down the left hand side. <laughs> what a name! Uh, I forgot about him. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it 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 was worked really well to start. It was a really good signing. Um, it was something that we needed, but it just it didn't come to fruition. So yeah, 50-50. And the last one I mentioned as well that I don't think you put on your list was Pascal. No, no, who is it? Cinema Pongo, that Liverpool striker as well. I thought Early, like yeah. That as well. Yeah. Mentioned him earlier. Uh, so. I thought you were um, gonna say Pascal Chimbonda, and I was gonna be like, wait, that is another name. It also not adding um Saldado though from Spurs. Good shout out. Yeah, and Vincent Janssen from Spurs as well. Vincent he's Janssen, a big, yeah. He's a big flop. Yeah. Didn't do anything when he was here. Um, yeah, that's that's all that's come to mind. Zim, any flops from your name? 
from your side, I think. What about Kesman? Uh, Kesman as well for Chelsea. Joe for Man City. <laughs> I don't, I, don't really re- I don't really remember the flops, but um, <laughs> to be fair, I think Adrian and Mewtwo, man. I think, uh, yeah, oh, like, yeah, he's he's out. Types. just yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't do bits, yeah, similar to Cashman. To be fair, I think Chelsea tried to do a thing where okay, we got money now, let's get the, the best strikers or upcoming strikers in Europe, and that rated highly, just big flops. So, yeah, Chelsea seemed to be a club where they can only have big, strong target men do well like Drogba and Diego Costa are pretty much the only strikers who yeah significantly done well like yeah Shevchenko big ballers him Crespo they didn't do so well Crespo wasn't as bad as Shevchenko but like it's like they need a big target bully you know so yeah a bit unfortunate for them lot but and one more shout as well Jeffers as well from Arsenal as well Francis Jeffers he's quick Mm. Gabby Bongolho, let's throw him. Yeah. Why not? Let's throw Gabby Bongolho in there. <laughs> Twenty right. pace though, FM. Twenty yeah. pace or nineteen though. <laughs> yeah, you know that. Ninety-five on on B for eleven as well. Somebody <laughs> made the England squad on that on that offline mode as well, which is crazy to see. But he's barely got a cap for England, but yeah. Gabby Bongolho, let's brain throw him works that fast now. If only his brain works that fast now. <laughs> oh my days! That ninety-five should be ninety-five words an hour now. <laughs> it's it's like talk sport just go for like the worst players in Premier League history and they're like yeah let's give you let's give you a job it'll work Jamie O'Hara somehow got a job there it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah, don't ask me it'll be, see, it'll be see, a love island in two see, years see Darren, <laughs> Darren Bent's a weird one man because he's got a good record yeah but yeah, he, he was such a yeah he's he's such a basic striker though and mm. trick, like credit to him though because he's he's had a good career like he's in the Premier League 100 you know you can never take that away from him and I remember him at Ipswich like when I used to follow them quite a bit doing bits in um it was Division 1 at the time uh and yeah to make it into the Premier League and still you know continue goal scoring record but he, he was really basic you know it's it's a weird one man um so yeah like Tort Sport they know how to get someone who has a record but is not that great like mm. like he missed missed a few sitters mm. very like I can remember them clearly you yeah, know so. in a minute and then Harry Redknapp was that my, my grand could have scored there or something yeah. <laughs> but yeah um, no you know what Barnes Spurs he didn't really play for any big teams he was at Sunderland Charlton yeah. and he's still with the 100 Premier League clubs so yeah no he deserves a shout out yeah give mm. credit and Danny, I think you deserve a shout out for bringing the second list as well. It's been a good laugh to look back at some of these players and some of these strikers as well. So kudos to yourself. You have your time for your best ever striker and your worst ever striker. And we all, we're all probably looking forward to your worst ever striker. So let's hear it, man. <laughs> Number one, Thierry Henry. Whoa, that'd be nice and easy. Let's go on to the Whoa. top <laughs> one striker of all, of all time in the best list. This is the best list. Now I'm going to run you through a little story here. We're going to go. We're going to take a trip down memory lane. Yeah. Oh god. This this player when he was growing up was regarded as apparently the best player in his amateur football club. Yeah. Oh. Which is the equivalent of being told you're really good at at five a side. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, he had a couple of spells. His agent was really nifty at the time, and he tried to get him played out to certain teams, and they all turned him away. So he went, you know what? I'm just going to break all my contracts. I'm going to break away from my amateur club and I'm going to go and play for a team. And in pre-season, you know, there was, he, he did really well, sort of six, six friendly matches, five goals, which caught the eye of Manchester United. <laughs> I was waiting for that part. He had only signed for Curimarej in Portugal 
five weeks prior. Okay. So Fergie, yeah, uh... had obviously been tapping this guy up from early. Yeah. His agent would have been in contact with uh, Quiroz, Carlos Quiroz. Yeah. 7.4 million they played for this player. And in terms of actual games he started for Man United, over the four years he was there, he played 0.5 games a year in terms of start, okay? So he, <laughs> over four years, he only started two games, yeah? Nine million pounds it went up to, and there was legal battles with how apparently it was fraud and it went to the wrong people. Carlos Quiroz was like, no, 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 let's, let's get this guy in. And he said, no, let's not send him out on loan. Let's keep him within the squad and try and see what we can do for this football player. He signed on the same day as Javier Hernandez and Chris Smalling as like a triple sign-in. Same window. I've got down in the same day, same window. And, uh, and yeah, what a howler. He only played one full 90-minute match and that was in the fifth round of the FA Cup against Crawley Town. The man, the myth, the legend himself. And I'll give him this respect. I'll say his full name. <laughs> and that is Tiago Manuel Diaz Correa. And that is also the man known as Bebe, who, fun enough, Whoa, that's what you got written down, yeah? What a stinker. How can you have four games across two years and not even, sorry, no, two, two games across four years and not even score a single goal competitively for Manchester United? Then he gets loaned out here, loaned out there. He's at Rio, Rio Vallecano now. God knows how he's getting on over there. Apparently, he's played over nearly 100 games for him, so they must really like him. He must be you know, right. re regrouping his his, uh, his career from his amateur sides. But just how how Man United let that one slip through the cracks? I've yeah. got a few things for that as well. First things first, when Rio Vallecano came to Old Trafford, he actually got an applause from some of the fans because he was on the bench as well, so... He actually got applauded because people actually remembered Bebe. God knows why. Um, on one of his first games, I think it may have been his debut. Again, I was wearing the shirt because of, of tribute to Wayne Rooney, but I may have to take it off because Bebe also wore the shirt on his debut in his first <laughs> season. Um, he came on as a sub for an injured Owen Hargreaves, and he did so bad. He was a sub that got subbed later on in the game as well against okay. Wolverhampton okay. Wanderers. And in one of his first starts against West Ham away at Upton Park, he got absolutely dominated by Tao Ben Hain. No one in their life will ever get dominated <laughs> by Tao Ben Hain. Who that was like, the person that got dominated? Bebe. Tao Ben Hain was that, was it George and Lenny from Mice and Men? Do you know what I mean? He's just that, like that massive guy. He's just, how can you be uh, pocketed by that sort of player? That was a time when Israeli ballers That's were right. in the, in, they were about Ben Hain. Yeah. Tao Ben Hain. And Ben Hain was made to look like prime. Maldini literally like <laughs> Bebe because Bebe it was a game that was stirring as well I remember going back into school the next day a West Ham fan was going on about ah ha ha we beat you 4-0 I'm like we had 10 men we had Bebe for God's sake and it was a fee where we could have actually paid as Danny said it was, it was the, a lot of miscommunication we could have actually just paid for him £125,000 but how much did we pay? £7 million initially and then it rose to £9 because of add-ons crazy Great. What add-ons were what they? Add -ons, what are we talking about? It wasn't what appearance fees. It wasn't goals. <laughs> what the hell was that about? He must have been washing. He must have been on washing up duties. Do you know what I mean? Like he was, he was paying other people's fines. That's hilarious. 
No, to, to be fair to him though, he, he was more of a win- winner. Like he was, he was a striker. I, I, I got to defend him, man. And and also like it, it just goes. I don't want to make it about Glazers yeah, but like things were really stringent. Like money was tight because they they were holding back funds to get the, the actual best players. We were all we were trying to find the next Ronaldo. That's why there was the Portuguese link. That's what happened with Nani, who was obviously much better than Bebe, but. The yeah, season like before with Gabriel Obertan as well for three million. Yeah, are these shrewd these tra- signings? Yeah, yeah, he was supposed to be like an Henri, and then Bebe was supposed to be like another Ronaldo. But yeah, these got these lot were, I guess, because they weren't even good wingers. You could probably say, well, what was he? He was a forward kind of thing. So I guess yeah, he can be on the list because he wasn't good as a winger either. But yeah, my defense for him because he's got no defenders right now is that yeah, he was more of a winger. So. Yeah, I don't expect too many goals. When we come back from our top 10 wingers list and I bring out a top worst 10 wingers list, it won't be there, so it's fine. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he's on my top 10 worst wingers list if we do that as well. Oh, this has been so much fun. But MJ, just to round it off, do you remember the fact that Bebe was being compared to literally like the next big Portuguese thing at the time? And you're just kind of there thinking like, I've never heard of this guy. Yeah. Like, it was literally the media narrative because he was a Man United sign. That's how bad the media would spin like a, a Glazer type of sign in them. Zim would agree with me as well. Like every other player we kind of get in. What were your kind of thoughts from the outside um, looking at Bebe kind of coming into us? Uh, yeah, obviously when you signed him, I didn't know anything about him. Uh, after he left, I didn't know nothing about him. And still to this day, I don't know anything about him. <laughs> he, he only bought uh, a joke side, like, Obviously, like, like, it probably wasn't the best finest hour in it. Yeah, it wasn't great at all. And it goes to show that this is why we don't sign people for the sake of signing people. Because I remember that summer as well was the World Cup summer as well. So a lot of people were a bit hyped about all the players that were kind of there. And I remember being in the car listening to the radio. I think it was at my grandma's when we were going somewhere. Um, and then it was like breaking news. Manchester United have now spent a record, no, not a record, but we've now spent seven million on. And I was hoping because there were links online. This was before like Twitter and Facebook. There were links online of Man United going to sign Meza Ozil for £11 million after his World Cup appearance. At, if we went uh, to Germany, Real, wouldn't it? Yeah, if we went to Real that same summer. So I was expecting Meza Ozil, but we got Bebe. And that yeah, was a big, big contrast. Difference. Big, big mm-hmm. difference. And I was kind of there like, what have we got ourselves into? Uh, what have we got ourselves into here? And it goes to show that Carlos Cuero is as great of a coach he was. He was not a good scout and he was not a good recruiter in that sense for Manchester United as well. Know your role. Know your role. Oh, this has been some podcast and I'm so glad we're doing podcasts like this now. Shout out to Danny for changing the format for us because it's been such a laugh. It's been hysterics to do and shout out to Zim for wearing glasses for hours. Well, <laughs> needs to be done. Um, but yeah, just to wrap up the podcast before we wrap up as well, everyone just go through their list one more time so I know what we can do in terms of our edit. So I'll go first actually. Um, <clears throat> I forgot my number 10. My number 10 was Rude Van Istroy. My number 9. Actually, you know what? Nah, I've got it written down by the way if you want me to just read them out. Uh, yeah, I'll read out mine and then I'll let you read them out. Um, I should have put Ruud van Nistelrooy higher, but I didn't. Uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy at number 10, Ian Wright at number 9, Michael Owen at number 8, Harry Kane at number 7, Andy Cole at number 6, DDA Drogba is a disgrace that is at number 5, but he is. Um, Sergio Aguero at number 4, Alan Shearer at number 3, Wayne Rooney, who defies description, is at number 2. And uh, yeah, Thierry Henry, Mr. Vavavoom is at number one. That's my top 10 list, which people will be disagreeing with as well. Danny, who have we got on your list? 
So my top 10, and I'll go through both of them. Uh, mm. So number 10, I've got the Dwight York and Andy Cole partnership. Number nine, I've got Robin Van Persie. Number eight, Harry Kane. Number seven, Luis Suarez. Number six, Sergio Aguero. Number five, Ruud van Nistelrooy. Number four, Michael Owen. Number three, Alan Shearer. Number two, Didier Drogba. And number one, Thierry Henry. And on the worst list, you've got number 10, Jeremy Ali Ali there. Number nine, Alexi Voronin. Number eight, Josie Altador. Number seven, Frederick Piquion. Number six, David Ngog. Number five, Park Chu Young. Number four, Marouane Shamak. Number three, Hugo Rodiega. Number two, Ali Dia. And number one is Bebe. Bebe is the one. Oh, my days is going to be good fun. Uh, Zim, who have you got on your number 10? Um, number 10, Robbie Fowler. Um, who was my number nine? Um, Hasselbank. Yeah, yeah. He number did. 10, Fowler. Number nine, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Number eight, Michael Owen. Number seven, RVP, Robin Van Persie. Number six, RVN, Ruben Van Isleroy. Number five, Luis Suarez. Number four, Nicholas Anelka. Number three, Andy Cole. Number two, Thierry Henry. Number one, Waza, Wayne Rooney. There we go. There nice to go. Okay, my list was number 10, Letitia. Number nine, Ian Wright. Number eight, Jermaine Defoe. Number seven, Robbie Fowler. Number six, Ruth Van Nistelrooy. Number five, Andy Cole. I stopped them two around. Mm. And number four, Drug Bar. Number three, Aguero. Number two, Alan Shearer. And number one, the one and only King Henry. I still can't believe that I put Ruth Van at number 10, but I can't change it. It's cemented. <laughs> People have listened sure? to it as well. Yeah. Are you sure? Because I stopped around Andy Cole and Ruth. Go on, let me let me put Van Nistelrooy. Uh, but your, yours is a big jump though. Like it's whereas MJ's one was like just just yeah. one minute. Yeah, I can't have a, I can't have Ian Wright at number ten though. That's the thing. So and I can't have Michael and Ballon d'Or winner at number. Well, thank you guys for listening for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days! What an outro that was as well. But no, um, yeah, literally that's that's our top ten list. So everyone, we're going to be putting this out onto social media as well. We're going to see how it kind of goes about, which would be good fun. Um, but MJ, thank you very much for your time today. If you want to plug your podcast, by all means, go for it now. Then I'll let Zim do it. Then I'll let Danny um, plug his um, business as well. So go for it one by one, MJ. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, uh, Hams. Enjoyed today's episode. Yeah, to the listeners, if you want to tune into Ball and Banter, we're there on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere. So yeah, man, tune into one of our episodes. Good fun. Five guys from school. We just talk about football. Perfect. Nicely done. Zim, what about you? What have we got planned for this season, man? Cool, man. Um, yeah, no, thanks for ha- having me. Um, yeah, Away Games, lo- looking to continue doing podcasts on YouTube um, and, yeah, doing, like, a coverage of the, of the World Cup um, and break- breaking down some uh, Premier League fixtures and all things European football uh, along the course of the season. So, yeah, stay tuned to Away Games podcast. Fantastic. And, Danny, your, your new YouTube channel is kicking off. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I'm trying to be a little bit more consistent with my my social media presence. So yeah, next up coaching. Currently on my way to getting one uh, either semi-professional or professional managerial point. Uh, so I'm documenting my journey along to do that. Shout out to the Tennis Brothers and Felix over there who are doing that in terms of tennis. Uh, but yeah, looking to just get a little bit more content on, on the whole YouTube side of things. Instagram and Facebook are going really well. Um, subscribe to Next Up Coaching on YouTube or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. 
uh, looking to change the world of grassroots football one step at a time. So yeah, nice that's, done. that's what you love to hear as well. Put down in the comments which pen, which uh, which which list is the best. Let us uh, know. It's it's obviously my list. I'm I'm quite confident in my list. To be fair, I'm not normally, but just I'm quite... there, you did you sit, stood there for about two minutes saying, "Oh, I want to move." From... <laughs> you cannot say that your list is is firm. Remember, my it, I'm the one editing this, so that they may not hear that as well. Don't edit this out. If if they don't choose mine as number one, then they don't know ball. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is, man. Yeah. I'll have the screenshot of all of us just on there as well. And if they see you with the sunglasses, they'll be hypnotized onto it as well, which will be pretty yeah. good as well. Um, but no, everyone, thank you very much for joining. I'd love to do a part two sometime soon. Um, even if we do it next week or the week after, I'll happily do it because with what we're doing, this kind of running up to our 100th episode we're doing loads of things that i just personally want to do i want to do so many different things so many of these nostalgic ones are what i really love to do so instead of talking about what's happening in the premier league or international break before the world cup i want to get so many more of these done so um by all means wingers next midfielders next goalkeepers next danny will kill us on goalkeepers to be fair but um yeah i'm looking forward to part two on this hopefully everyone listening you'll be looking forward to part two on this one as well it's been a long podcast, but I'm looking forward to listening to every second of this. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. Do take care and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Cheers. <laughs>